0: And now weighing
1: in out of the blue corner,
0: John the Pug Thompson, 100%.
1: Okay. And on the other
0: mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy.
1: It's the week we've been waiting for. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. There's this week. Seems like it's been forever. I know. We've got this week, we've got uh, Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone, which I cannot wait for. And then we've also got next week, we've got Cyborg versus Julia Budd, as well as uh, one of the Featherweight World Grand Prix fights on that card. I, that's another great fight. Is And Aaron Pico's on that card as well. So we've got a lot of good fights in the next two weeks. I'm excited. Yes, I'm we excited. do.
0: It is... I'm looking forward to this fight. I I, I look at the, you know, two forty five had so many good fights on, it. so many big fights, and and I was like, man, they just stacked that card. And I look at two forty six, and I'm buying it. I I I have to watch Cowboy and Connor, no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah. But I look at you know I, I've seen uh Ra- I've seen Raquel and Holly home fight once already. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I am interested in in the undercard of I want to see Macy Barber against Roxanne Modafari. I I really want to see that fight because it's going to say a lot. And if Macy goes to the ground with Roxanne, she's going to have some problems down there with her. Hmm. Uh, But she can stand up, and she's much faster, and she's much more fluid in the the way she does her stand up. So I think it's going to be a really good fight. And then the other female fight that I'm really looking forward to is Claudia Godella. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be a good fight. You know, it's going to be interesting. So there's some really, there's some good fights on there. There's just not that major wow, they've got all these championship There's no championship fights. Mm-mm. And so, you know, sometimes those are sometimes the best cards, though. So I'm looking mm. forward to it. I am looking forward to Cowboy and Connor. It'll be interesting. I think I think I think I know how it's going to go, but we'll see. You never know for sure. That's why you fight the fight. Who is Claudia
1: fighting? Yeah. Who's Claudia fighting? I can't remember her name.
0: Rose.
1: No, it's not Rose. It's not Rose. No. Rose is fighting Andrade again,
0: I believe. I've I've lost my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. I
1: know it's a good opponent. But but I, it's a it's a it good opponent. A good and opponent. opponent. I'm trying to remember.
0: Grasso? Who? Alexa Grasso. Alexa oh, yeah. Grasso, yeah. Oof. Which is, Alexa's got good stand-up. Not to mention she's-, she's smoking hot.
1: <laughs> 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 Not to mention she's smoking hot. She yeah. comes out of the same can as uh uh Alejandra oh, from, yeah. from Bellator. It, it,
0: they do. Wherever
1: they're breeding them down there, I need to Lobo go to a, gym, wh- baby. Wherever that gym is. People just need to oh, hang the- out down there. <laughs> 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 Sorry, man, but man, they're, they're those two girls are they're great to they're They're pay-per-view by TV. Like, I wanna buy it just to watch them fight, you know? And but she she's gonna have her hands full with uh with Claudia, man. Claudia is just nasty. I trained with her a couple years here at AKA and she just has that nastiness about her when she gets on top of you in the grappling jiu jitsu. I, mean, I remember training with her she tried ripping my leg off with the heel hook and i was like whoa 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 what? this is training she full go went for it, and i was like whoa we became good friends after that obviously i hit her in the face a couple times and then we started liking each other but uh, there you go but she she's a great person great training as she as after that first initial transit those couple transitions She's a good person, man. I really like her. And I think she's finally kind of found her home over there with uh Frankie Edgar and those guys over there. And uh she enjoys being over there. I think that's more of like the style here at AK, it I you gotta find a gym that suits you. Yeah. You know, Aaron Pico came up to AK and trained, and uh I think he just was like, Yeah, it's just not really for me. It just wasn't for him. You know, and then he went he went to uh <clears throat> to the body shop to Antonio yep. McKee's place. And he liked it there, you know. But then, you know, obviously you have you know AJ McKee there, him there. You've got Joey. Dick. You got all these top talented guys there, all young and up and coming guys. Sometimes it just gets a little hectic and it gets crowded in there with the media and this the, a, lot, a lot. of Sometimes
0: just, you have people talking in your ear.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we know. There's that, and then. But I think I'm sorry, what, what he needed, that was bad. Yeah, what he needed though is exactly what I think he. he what he got So he went down to, hey. to Jackson Wink and he found a little bit of a home there that's not expensive to live there he's you know he's got uh, mentors there he's got people that can help groom him and take care of him and you know and there's plenty of smaller people there as well for him to train with and work with so a lot of, lot of top talent there I mean uh, what's his name uh, Patrick Mix is there I believe right hello hello that kid is
0: nasty good come he, on brother you know I did that tweet <laughs> when uh, before the New Year's and, and Ryzen and, you know put out that uh, Yuki was, you know, going to be in a submission master. He was going to, you know, h- what submission was he going to put on, you know, Mix. what he was going to put on a submission clinic against Patchy Mix. And I went, yeah, okay, but don't be surprised if Patchy Mix puts one on him. Yeah. You know, And he just, just made him look. He got out of an arm bar that was, you know, that was set up very nice. Mm-hmm. I will give it. It was set up nice. But Mix got out of it very smoothly, very clearly. And when he decided to latch on, he set that guillotine up. You could see it, set it up. He let that, he let him feel like, oh, I can go this way, and it was exactly where he wanted him to go. Catches that guillotine, and once it was on, it was over. So he's looking great, man. He deserves. Tell me who should be fighting for the bantamweight title. Horaguchi, you know, walked away from the bantamweight title because yeah. he's hurt. Walked away from the Ryzen title and the Bellator title, Mm -hmm. and I give him props for doing that. I think, you know, that is what a classy fighter does. He doesn't sit there and hold every. He's not holding anybody back. He's saying, hey, when I'm healthy, I'm going to come back and get it back. But who should fight for that Bantamweight title? I think Patchy Mix deserves it. Oh,
1: man. Who else is there? I mean, like, outside, like, realistically, if we were to have him fight uh, James Gallagher, that'd be like. You have the two of them fight possibly for the number one spot. I, I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I don't know.
0: You know, going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, I uh, don't. I don't know. I don't know. Should be good though. <laughs> I, I. I'm excited. Look, um, we got we got a little sidetrack because we went all over the place. Yeah, we there. got yeah, totally side tra- got Let's totally talk side about track. Connor and Cowboy. All right, let's talk about Connor and Cowboy. Let's talk Connor right. and Cowboy. <clears throat> we've said it. I don't know how many times. We're going to continue to say it, but. I will say this. I read something today from John Kavanaugh, and John Kavanaugh said the guy that beat, referring to Connor, the Connor McGregor that beat Eddie Alvarez so easily. This Connor McGregor beats that Connor McGregor smoothly. That makes me feel there's a couple things that make me fighters come into their own. He's always been talented. He's always had good footwork. He's always had good power. He's a very smart in the cage fighter. Yep, um, I consider him to probably have one of the highest fight IQs I've seen, like real, like I've I don't think I can't. There's a couple other guys that I can I can equate. They're off the top of my head. I can't think of them right now, but I do know there's a lot of good guys out there. If I was to think in terms of who have great fight IQs, I could give it to them. But, <clears throat> um, but he's right up there with the top echelons of guys of fight IQs. With him. I feel like the Khabib loss was something that really rubbed him the wrong way, and nor here it didn't just rub him the wrong way is that he knew that he didn't do everything in his power to win that fight from the beginning of his camp through yeah, his camp and to the fight, and I'm gonna I, and I look I know you guys probably get sick of me saying like. Because of me, or because of my, I'm giving you guys my personal experience,
0: it's called insight. Yeah, it's okay,
1: and it's I'm just giving you guys my personal experience, my insight. As big of God, is <laughs> my I'm giving you my insight. Is that that happened to me? And and I'll give you the fight. I f- was fighting Clay Guida. I looked at the film on him, and he looked horrible. He just looked like he had a lot of energy. He didn't look good. And when I was in that camp, I was at the nightclub every weekend, partying, whether I was drinking or not sometimes, but didn't matter. I was up till 4 a.m., you know, sometimes on Wednesday, sometimes on Thursday, and I had to go train the next day. Don't get me wrong. Every day I made training, but you're never, you're not the same guy you would have been had you not been up till four, sometimes five in the morning, you know, and it, I didn't care. It just was like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to win. It was the first big fight for Strike Force. You know, and so when he started saying that. That all the things that I, I was listening to him with his interview with Ariel and I, I saw a couple of things where he just wasn't in. The, he was he, he, he was drinking during that camp. He was, you know, and sure, maybe it's a little bit of drink. Maybe it's like one or two drinks in the weekend, but it all adds up. It does eventually get to you. It just it doesn't help you get to your goal of where you want to be. Not the part that when he was starving, when he first started his career and when he was bragging in the center of the case, 60 G's, baby, 60 G's. That's the hungry Connor that we want to see again. And we may have got that that Connor back, you know, because the Khabib thing was uh, is eye-opening for him. I can't just go to the club and drink and be out till four in the morning and or even if I'm not drinking, just being out. It feel like he this whole thing has caused him mature. Maybe sure. Arrow like uh producer Davidson, Arrow was cataproding him a little bit for all the uh assault charges and all the other shit that was going on. But the bottom line is all those things are on your mind and you're not the same fighter. But even now they're still on his mind. He just, I think the reality is maybe hopefully set in that he is maturing as a person, maybe as a husband, maybe as a family man, whatever it is, but he's maturing. Hopefully. I'm hoping the best for that. I feel like I lost your mic. Yep. How's that? Better? Hey, I got you now. I don't understand um, why. But So I just feel like, we may end up seeing right in front of us the evolution of Connor if he wants to be that guy, again, that he was when he first started, but a mature Connor, And I can't even think if he was to get smarter in that cage. <laughs> I can't even think about like how good he well, could potentially be if he got
0: smarter in the cage. You talk about... Chael Sonnen actually came out with a clip about the fight that Connor had with Eddie Alvarez. And he talked about... That guy that night, the what I saw out of him was possibly the best mixed martial artist I've ever seen, and I tell you what, he's pretty gl- He's pretty, pretty well close. close to being right there, yeah. Because I was in that cage, and I can tell you, he could not miss that night. He didn't get touched with hardly anything, yeah. And Eddie Eddie Alvarez is a stud. He yeah. is a just a. Ball's tough fighter who can, you know, he can swat with anyone. He gets hit. He gets hurt. He comes back with a vengeance in every fight. So even when he got hit and hurt against Conor, I was like, all right, you know, he'll come back and he tried and he tried to do all kinds of different things in that fight. Nothing worked for him because every time that he came into range to try to land a shot, he missed and Conor made him pay for it and that is the connor that if you're going to fight that guy you're going to have a long night he he needs to be frustrated that's the one thing that i saw in the kabib fight kabib drove him to the point of frustration and when he gets frustrated that fight iq goes down mm-hmm. he doesn't fight as well but the other part is this you know and i say it all the time is if you're a if you're a world class athlete and i don't care if you're a, if, if you're connor if you're Khabib, if you're anybody The thing that Khabib does that you have to be impressed with is he's always taking care of himself. Mm -hmm. He's always eating pretty clean. He's always doing the right thing. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. And if you are going to be this top-level athlete, you're like a Ferrari. And every time you're throwing whiskey down your gullet, that's like putting sugar in your gas tank. Says, says
1: the guy with the whiskey wall by the way says the yes, guy Yes sir the I admit it wall. okay I have
0: no problem with sugar in my gas tank yeah. but now the, you know if you're going to compete yeah. and you're going to do those things those things you know don't expect to put shit into your in your gas tank and expect that vehicle to run at that same level that it's capable of when you're doing all these things right and you 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 will pay for it eventually I think he learned he paid for it he paid for it in that fight with uh, Khabib, and hopefully he learned because, you know, again he's he's a young man, and he's got to learn from his mistakes. And if he's learning from his mistakes, great. That's what makes you improve, and that's what we all want to see—an improved Conor McGregor.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna argue too much on the fact that he looked phenomenal that night. I feel a little bit of that night though to, to touch on what Chael has said. That Conor McGregor has a very—he uh, he, should—that Conor should walk through Cowboy, yeah. which is the distance, the reach, the range, the, you know, just his precision and on where he landed the punches that night was phenomenal. But I also think that Eddie kind of lost the fight before he got in the cage. He already knew that he was upset. He already knew that he was going to try to knock him out. <laughs> you could hear his corner yelling like, "Let's set up the takedown." Let's and he never, never even really kind of gave an effort to it. There's a little bit, but not not yeah. the effort that you would normally see from Eddie Alvarez. Now, to touch on that though as well, I've trained with guys like Thomas Dion, who's really good, world class kickboxers, and they make you flinch, they make you move, and in, in things like, oh, I, you thought something was coming, it wasn't coming, and when you when you try to defend or you try to slip. Something else comes from that angle. Like, they're setting you up the whole time. So it made him very flinchy. You know, like when you're you're constantly caught like a deer in headlights, like you're stuck, you're flinching all the time, and that makes you a step slower, and it makes it easier for them to get off. And that's exactly what happened that
0: night. Yeah, absolutely. You, it's 100%. You got it right. In that, the one thing going into that, if you're Eddie going into it, you got a guy that's going after your title. Yours mm. is the title on the line. You're the bigger guy. You got a guy coming up in weight. And all of the things that Connor did. And this is where Connor is in, incredibly intelligent. You talk about fight IQ. Listen to what he says about fighters before the fight. He will pick out where their weakness is, and he'll say it to them. He'll say something about, ah, you don't move well to your left. You, you got a problem when that happens. And I'm gonna I'm gonna exploit. And he exploits it. He's very good and it's, you know, not only him, it's his team. They look at tape and they see where that flaw is, that weakness that, you know, every fighter's gonna have one. And he he works at taking advantage of it. And part of taking advantage of guys is mentally getting into their head. The the problem, you know, that Connor had with Nate Diaz, he couldn't get into Nate's head. <laughs> Nate is who he is, and he's basically he looks at him and goes, Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get you know, upset. He'll fight on the moment, but he's really not upset. He's just like, you know, you, you don't mean anything to me. No. Nope. Where other guys, they start to allow that talk to build inside. And they, you know, Dustin Poirier, he let it get to him so badly that he wasn't able to perform because he wants to hurt you that night. And that's usually going to lead to a bad performance. Yeah.
1: So I, I think to touch back on what you were saying about um the Khabib fight. He had had the long layoff. He was, I think, drinking while he was just doing his normal bits, whether he was barbecuing on the weekends and having drinks with family or he was at the club or doing whatever. But when he got in there, when he left MMA, he had a dominant performance. But when he came back to MMA, it just wasn't the he was expecting it to be the same. And it wasn't, it wasn't the same. He thought he was gonna jump back back into what he called his sport and it was just going to fall by its side like it was doing for him before and it just wasn't the same and that was somebody like kabib and now someone like kabib takes this extremely serious i mean like i, I don't know if i want to see the studies and the scientific studies behind um behind the guys that that end, that are that are muslim that end up doing like ramadan and and they do their um They're fasting. their fasting because yeah. Physically strong, I feel like you look at the wrestlers that come out of there. You look at the fighters that come out of there. There's got to be something, and I, I'm 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 going to be on Joe's show next week, and I want to talk to him because I'm sure he's done a lot of insight on on something potentially like that with the with the uh, fasting, um, intermittent fasting, and other fasting. But I feel like there has to be something behind that. There has to be something, they do, you know, They for their whole their whole segment of Ramadan, they basically, they're fasting. And there's already been studies that show that it makes them physically a little bit stronger. It makes the, the body retains more of the actual nutrients from the food when you do eat. So it helps you build, I guess, uh, you know, your muscles, stronger ligaments, whatever it is. But I'm interested to see how that all works. But I think with Connor, to go back on Connor, in that fight, when he got taken down, there was moments where he was against the cage sitting upright, and Khabib was hanging on his legs. And he was just like, he was just expecting that throughout the fight, that, oh, okay, I'm good, I'll get up. I, and the, it's ticking away, Khabib's just making you carry his weight. And he, the whole time, Khabib's thinking, I'm going to smash you, I'm going to smash you. And Conor's thinking like, if I ever get to my feet, I'm going to knock you out. And that was pretty much the only game plan that I saw out of him. There was, yeah. there was never like a, oh, I'm not going to get up. He just...
0: It it, but it comes down, look. You know, this is this is just a comparison. It's obviously it's not fighting. Michael Phelps is the greatest Olympic swimmer of all time, the greatest swimmer of all time. Okay, Mark Spitz won seven, seven. gold medals in one Olympics. I think what Phelps is somewhere around twenty-three gold medals combined in all the Olympics yeah. that he's done. Right? But he won eight that one Olympics. But you, he cannot leave the sport of swimming and then come back and do it for 6 months and expect to perform yeah. the way he he was performing when he left it just doesn't happen we digress and you must if you are that top level athlete you are training hard just to stay at that level yeah because if you don't train hard you start to digress and you start to go down that's just the way the you know life is and Connor got, you know, he did the boxing thing and he had a lot of time off. And in that time off, he wasn't progressing and everybody else was. And that fight coming back against a guy like Khabib, I give it to Connor that, you know, he wants to take on top level competition and, you know, fight against the very best. But Khabib had been fighting and he had been fighting good people and he had been smashing good people and Connor hadn't been fighting at all. And no matter what, if you're not in the gym and you're not fighting, you're probably going backwards. And I yeah. think he went backwards for a while. And and I think you know now John Kavanaugh. And like I said, I had talked to a couple people out of there, and uh, they all say he looks phenomenal. They say we haven't seen him look like this in so long. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was always there in in the past, I know that he had been training. He would train for a couple of days, and he'd be gone. He would train, and he'd be gone. And now he's back to being the guy that they've always known that was in the gym, always there, helping out other guys. He's back to being the fighter that he can be. How old is he? 30 years old now.
1: He's 30. And I've, I've said this because I feel like from, from my actual peak in my prime was 27 to 33. I was yeah. still had some... Good, I saw a little bit of good fights at 34, but they weren't the best. You know what I mean? Like in that 32 to 33 range was like when I felt like th- from 27 to 33, I felt outside of getting injured in camp, Like I-, I felt fucking phenomenal. I felt like I was subbing guys that were some of the best jiu guys in the world at 170, 185, like training and rolling with all the best guys. I mean, like, you're just like, fuck, sparring with like top guys i mean just never felt ever that i couldn't hang with the best 170 i had fitch caustic and swick all in the gym at that time with me you know i was like i was able to wrestle grapple and you know and sure they'd beat me in like, you know in things but then i would have opportunities and chances of beating them as well you know but i mean when you're hanging with the the three best some of the three best guys at 170 you kn- i just knew walking into every fight at 155 like eh you know like this is you're there's not much there's, i'm feeling extremely confident and I think with Connor, like just being in the gym, being there all the time, understand? Like he's got, he's got fucking great guys there now. Like before, yeah, he's got good,
0: great guys. He's
1: got really good guys out of his camp. You know, I mean, before I'm sure he had good guys, but it was he. They were building themselves up. You know, him and John Kavanaugh, and the, they're building themselves up to get where they're at. And now that they're there, it's like they have. I think. They've done a great job of developing a fighter IQ for Connor, not just relying on John Kavanaugh to to present that fighter IQ, but the two of them feel like I feel like the two of them brainstorm it together and they come up with it and they're very smart in how they present the fight. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see <clears throat> outside of Cowboy getting the takedown, and I'm not saying he's to force it. It could be anything. He could catch a kick and take him down. He could, um, you know, he could get in the clinch and foot sweep him, or he could knee him. You know, he could he could drop him, you know, to the body or something like that, or something along those lines. That ain't happening. And end up on top. He could end up in some. He could foot sweep him. He could kick the inside leg. Whatever it is, we're gonna end up in a position where he could end up scrambling to to being on in the top position. If if Donald gets on top of him, I think Donald's got a good chance of working for a
0: submission on him. No, the the thing that's that really turned me in, into okay I think Connor's gonna win this fight is when Donald said he goes I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna stand up and bang with him and I'm like okay you can do that in the beginning I don't have a problem with that it's, it's gonna start on the feet but you have in my opinion a distinct advantage in your jiu-jitsu game which is seriously underrated yep. you have the ability to pull off submissions you have the ability to catch him in a lot of different things. You are good there, so why not work towards bringing the fight there? If you bring the fight th- there, you're taking away his best tools. You're taking away his left hand. You're taking away his ability to control distance and range, and you're making the fight much more winnable for yourself. And so, I really hope that Cowboy, you know, is just putting it out there. You know, hey, I- I'm going to do this when he knows in his mind. When I get the chance, I am taking you to the ground, and and if he does that, I think he's got a chance of winning the fight. If he doesn't do that, I just don't see him winning. Especially he does not perform well against southpaws. He does he he's got that that his lead kick with his left leg is great, but it's that you know kick. With his right leg, that he always tends, you know, I, I've done him in several fights where he's knocked guys out with that right right leg kick, and it's devastating. What the way he sets it up and throws it, it's just it's not going to work against the southpaw the same way, and he just doesn't fight as well against southpaws. I, it's just his ability to maintain the the range and control of the fight is just not the same, and so I think Conor has a distinct advantage. In the stand-up game, even though I think you know Cowboy's a great striker, but Cowboy taking the fight to the ground, I think he's got a chance to win. If he doesn't, I don't think he's got a chance. Yeah, he's got a. I
1: think he he also has to understand that he may not be able to hold him down the first time. We saw with Khabib that Conor was able to get up. Connor Conor was actually to me honestly in that fight he won me over more so on the fact that he's not. He's better on the ground. than People give him credit for.
0: Oh, he's good on the ground. He's he's not a submission guy, but he's got great body positioning. He's got great body awareness. He's got balance. He's good down there. You look at when 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 that first when that fight against Khabib started. Connor came out and he was pressing. He was in Khabib's grill. And Khabib ends up shooting that low single, mm-hmm. getting a hold of the leg, and there was a whole lot of activity between the two where Connor, you know, reaches through, has the crotch, is holding. Now, the, the big difference in it was Connor decides to try to strike at times, and when he decides to strike, he started to lose positions. You know, and that's what happens when you open up your hands and stuff, and Khabib is not. But there was still, uh, you know, that, that whole first, Scenario took probably, you know, a minute and a half to play out until Khabib got him with his back against the cage. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what you also have to remember is that when guys like Conor, they're 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 working on the crotch and they're trying to, like, elevate, that's more of like a a kind of a stalling tactic or a positioning tactic to hold the position that you have. Well, no ref's going to jump in, but, okay, look, stand back up to your feet in MMA. In wrestling, they'll be like, okay. Wrestling. Yeah. But not here. So what happens also, too, is Khabib's just chilling. He's just relaxing. He's hanging out. He's like, look, every time, he, like you said, he opens up the strike. I'll advance my position a little bit more. Yep. Even if he doesn't open up the strike, Conor's not, he's not as comfortable as Khabib is in being in that position, whether no. it's a deep crotch. He's not as comfortable. And he also doesn't know... The next step and the next step and the next step after that. If I was if if Khabib was to make the transition, one doesn't have
0: four. He doesn't have four transitions to go to. He's got one to two. Yep, exactly. And uh, that's the difference in their levels.
1: And that's the difference in the level of what the wrestling perspective is, as far as with uh, with Cowboy. Cowboy just needs to take that into consideration. Like, look, if I do take him down, he may get back up, and not let that frustrate you. A lot of times, there was times I I went into fights and I told myself, "Okay, you gotta get the takedown, you gotta get the takedown." But in the back of my mind, I always told myself, "You're probably not gonna get the first one or the second one." So don't get frustrated. <laughs> just set him up. And it was true. Like, hey, you're probably not yeah. gonna get. You're probably not gonna get the first and second because they're expecting you to do it. But in the third and the fourth, when you've made them a little bit more tired or you've actually let your hands go a little bit more, which helps set up everything, they're a little that, bit slower they, in their ability to stop it. And they come a little easier. You know, yeah. and then even when you do get them down, you may not be able to hold them down. So you have to go back to whatever positions you think you can do to get them back down and return them back to the canvas. So I, I think I think Cowboy has a chance.
0: If oh, you had, no doubt he's got a chance. If
1: you had to give it a percentage, give me a percentage. Ten percent? Fifteen?
0: Oh 55 Cowboy?
1: Fifty five? No.
0: No, I will give him you know, I, I think Cowboy's got a forty percent. I'll give him forty percent chance. Okay. Because he's cowboy can he can stand up and strike. He's got a very solid stand up game. So he can he can go, you know, tit for tat with Connor for a little bit without being damaged but it's going to be that same thing I think that you saw it's going to be done a different way but what you saw against Tony Ferguson with Cowboy you saw that first round Cowboy did very well Mm -hmm. and then you saw that he just started to systematically get broken down by the shots started landing and as the shots start landing he becomes less and less effective and if connor is able to maintain control of that fight as far as the positioning he's going he's very accurate he's one of the most accurate guys i've ever seen in the cage when he decides to shoot a shot it usually touches where he wants it to be at and that will just start to diminish cowboy and little you know little bits are going to start to add up to big bits and eventually, he's not going to be able to take it anymore.
1: I just feel like with the comparison with Tony, though, Tony will ramp up. It felt like Tony doesn't even get started till like the second round. Like he's <laughs> he's just getting warmed up. Like you know, it's like your diesel engine. Yeah. You turn it on, and you got to like wait to actually turn the the key completely over. It's just one of those things. Got to like get the glow he, plug yeah, plugs warm. Glow plugs warm, <laughs> and he's just. Yeah, Tony to me is so in the second round he's picking it up, he's ramping up by the third round. He's like, "Okay, I'm ready to go and the fucking fight's over." Um, Connor though at 170, I don't know if he'll be able to do that. that we, they say he's in great shape. I've heard that song and dance from a bunch of camps and the guy comes out and just fucking lays an egg by by the end of the second round. He's just on his back getting smashed. Um, you know, you never know. So this And is, it is this, a 5-round fight. This is why we love the fight game. Yeah, because
0: why. You, you know I, I'm sitting there saying I, I'm kind of I'm going with Connor. I'm I think he's going to win the fight, but there's no doubt Cowboy can win it, and so many ways that he can win it more than Connor. You know I think he's got the bigger tool chest. Mm-hmm. He's got the ability to do more things in that fight than mm-hmm. Connor does. The question is, is he going to be able to, you know, institute those things in that fight? and create the problems for Connor they are going to throw him off. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they both they both have all the tools. I'm going to give I'm going to give Cowboy. Let's hear your percentage. I'm going to give him 30 30%. <laughs> You're giving him less than yeah, me, man. I am going to give him less uh. than you. I am. I am. I I it's just I want to say I give him the percentage rises the the longer the fight goes.
0: Oh, th- look. No doubt if it, if this fight as it goes round to round the chances of Cowboy winning it increase more and more. Be- you know, if you if you were going to tell me, hey, it go, John, I'm not going to tell you who wins. It goes the five rounds. I'm going to say Donald Cerrone wins the fight. Yeah, I- if you're going to say John, it ended in the first round. I'm going to say Conor McGregor won the fight. You want to know why I get that? Pers-
1: why I'm giving you that perspective is because if you go back and you watch the fight with Nate Diaz, part two. Um, he even still looked like he had jello-y legs, like going into the fourth, okay, I want to say the fourth round, or was it the third round? Anyways, Between the, third and, the fourth. third and fourth, his legs were a little jello-y, like he would throw punches and kind of like wobble his upper body, like, I just feel like, I don't know if you can get rid of that, and putting on, and putting on more weight, I don't know if that's going to make it better.
0: Yeah, but see, here's your difference. This is where I talk about Connor and say, if Connor controls the fight, meaning like he did against Eddie Alvarez, mm-hmm. he controlled the position. Eddie was never really coming forward. Yeah. Eddie would meet him halfway, but he would never force Connor back. Yeah. Connor was always the one forcing Eddie where he wanted him to be. Connor was setting up setting him up to move towards his left at times. He did all kinds of things to set Eddie up. Nate creates a pressure same as tony ferguson creates pressure this is why if if this was tony ferguson fighting connor hey it's different because that pressure connor has a problem with if you're able to pressure connor and make him work past that comfort zone now you can force him into those situations like Mm -hmm. nate did in that third round of his second fight you know nate was you know lighting him up a lot of people thought Connor was in deep trouble, and you know, I could see that he was trying to rest. He was trying to grab air, and so he was, you know, he knew that Nate was going to win the round, but he was just like, "Well, if he's going to win this round, I'm, I'm going to try to gain as much air as I can and slow myself down." But that's the style that gives Connor problems. i it, cowboy. How often is he the guy that is really coming after guys in that pressure? like Nate or a Tony does He, he does it differently you can watch his fight like with you know Matt Brown back and forth you know everything goes a certain way you know Leon Edwards everything goes a certain way but he's usually not the guy that's setting that pressure and if he doesn't if he allows Connor to set that pace Connor can go the five rounds easy yeah yeah, if he allows Connor to use his footwork
1: and kind of dictate where the fight goes and control the yep. fight, then yeah, I get what you're saying. I understand. Uh, okay, what else? Let's see. I mean, outside of those, I mean, like I want to see the Grosso and Claudia fight. That's gonna be a good yeah. fight. Raquel Pennington that's a good fight. Holmes. I mean, that's a good that should be a good fight
0: as well. All right, what do you think about that fight? What do you think? I mean, because they, they fought once. <clears throat> that was in fact, Holly Holmes' initiation into the UFC was Raquel Pennington. Okay. But the difference is they're both kind of on a on a down yeah. downward side compared to where they were then. Yeah. It's it's a matter of who's received the more damage and who has the more skill. And I just don't see that fight. Rocky is tough as hell. I yeah. love her. She is a just a she's a ballsy gamer man. She goes after it. Yeah, I just don't think her she has a stand up game. And I just don't see her stand up game being better than Holly's. I just don't see her winning that fight. Yeah,
1: her style is that come forward, get after you, it just and, and and Holly's got such she's like I I, I don't wanna compare her I am gonna try I'm gonna kinda compare her to Connor. She got great footwork, man. Oh she she's does. She's got phenomenal footwork and, she's a pain
0: in the ass. Yeah. And, to to just to try to cut her down and, mm-hmm. and get make her have to stop. Yep. is just not easy, man. She is someone, her movement is frustrating.
1: When she fought Amanda Nunes, she was hesitant, and I think that's what led to her getting knocked out, because she she could tell she was starting to feel the fear of the power. There was a couple times yeah. she got clipped, and it was like, oh, wow, I haven't been hit like that you know, in <laughs> a long time, if ever. She's, and you could see, she, I'd never really seen Holly back up the way she had backed, even when she fought Cyborg. I was like, Wow. No,
0: she stood in there with Cyborg. Yeah, I was like, wow, she's, she really did. She's
1: backing up with Amanda. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. And when when I saw that, I was like, oh, she's in trouble. And then everything she did after a couple of those sequences was like, she would go to throw and she'd pull her leg down. She'd go to throw a punch. She'd kind of like hesitate or she'd flinch and she just she'd flinch and it wasn't the full combination of the power. She was afraid to sit down on our combinations because she didn't want to get knocked out, which you know she ended up losing. But I just, what's it called? Raquel Pennington doesn't have that type of power. She doesn't have what Amanda Nunes has in the power. So, if that's, I think Holly's going to be able to stick and move, stick and move, use that sidekick, you know, use the front of the thigh and, you know, use her left hand, footwork, footwork, make her chase, you know, and just yeah. touch her, touch her. But we have to always take into consideration Holly Holmes' age. She's getting older. <laughs> and I'm just simply saying, like, hey man, like I said, I've been there. No. It just it happens. You don't know when, you don't know how, yeah. but like, you know, I mean, outside of ease where ease caught me, I'd never been knocked out. I mean, I got dropped by a headbutt with Patricky. And it's like, and then I got hit. It's like those type of things never before would have ever really bothered me. Like I've I've banged my head a bunch of times in training, banged my head a bunch of times in fights, and just was like walked right through it. At an age though, you're just your your head and your brain. Just doesn't take. They just don't take the shots like they used to. Oh you
0: know? no, that's true. You know, you brought up the whole age thing, and there is that. I I th- I agree with you. I think between the ages of twenty eight to thirty five, uh-huh. you have your your greatest moments because you're always you you have the ability to still get better at those ages. And once you get to thirty five, you can still fight well. Mm-hmm. You're just not getting better. No. You're, you're trying to maintain and you, you can do all the work but you're not going to get better and then from you know somewhere 30 38 to 40 it starts to really tail off no matter how much work you're doing yep. and it's you know that's just the way it is father father time's is undefeated it, he's a pain in the ass yeah
1: you just got to start taking on like for me i started noticing a difference in my my physique i used to look lean I used to, and i always i always considered myself to look lean throughout my camps and my fights but I used to be able to have. We
0: know how you are about how you look. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We, We've got that. I mean, yeah, when you, yeah. you
1: know, I mean, <laughs> when you
0: look. That's why Dave is right there
1: laughing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is. He is laughing. He is laughing. <laughs> Nobody likes people from Scotland, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I noticed when I hit thirty seven, even thirty six, when I fought uh, Nate, my my body didn't look as as tight and as is. As firm as it had before, and I see a little bit. I see a little bit of that in Holly, and she's a fucking animal, man. I've seen some of her workouts. I've seen the way she trains, and I'm like, but I've seen some of. her, You start seeing a difference in their skin. You start seeing a difference in, yeah. in their physique, and how, it's not as firm, and you don't see the veins that they, where they used to be when they were a little bit younger. And and I start just in my mind, I've seen it, and I just start seeing it. I'm thinking like, man, there's people that I see fight that are getting up in age. And I'm thinking to myself, it's coming, man. It's coming. I don't want to say anything to them, but I feel oh, like dude, it's, it's coming, you know. And I, I want them to all understand, like we've they've done so much already in the sport. The people that I'm thinking of, yeah. without throwing them on blast. It, but you gotta you gotta be ready for it. It's gotta be one of those things in your mind. You gotta be ready to walk away.
0: I, th- I think
1: she beats Raquel Pennington. Um, just with her footwork so and and her speed, she still has the speed. She still has she still has some pretty good power, and she's got the technique and all the tools to do it. You know, I, I just start questioning like you know she's had a rough go, a couple fights, and I think that um. She, I think she can still do it. I just get concerned. That's all. I get concerned, man. I do. I do. I I, I, love, I I love the sport and I care about the fighters. I do. I care yeah. about them and so I hate to see someone like any of them, you know, go through that they've well, watched you, for so many years.
0: If you take a look at the the lineup that in the last, yeah, let's say 5 5 years now mm-hmm. that Holly Holm has fought. I mean, she's fought everybody. Yeah. She yep. is, you know, she hasn't turned down any, you know Jermaine Durandamy, me, Ronda Rousey, you know freaking you know Raquel Pennington Amanda Cyborg she didn't turn anyone oh. down so she is she has definitely been out there against the very best time after time after time and that is that is what fighting in the UFC is so hard yep there's you there's just not that break mm-hmm. that you can get that you know oh this is this is going to be an easier fight sometimes you need that easier fight yep and uh, it's tough when you don't you don't get it.
1: Well, did, now that you brought that up, let's go right to Brendan Schaub and Joe Rogan.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna go to Brendan and Joe because of what Joe said to Brendan when he was still fighting. No, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no.
1: Um no. I'm going to go to the Brennan and the Joe uh conversation they had on their last fight campaign. Great show by the way, if, once you get past the conspiracy theories. And uh, Oh and, my god. Yeah, and uh I love Eddie. I do. It I, I don't mind it actually. I don't mind it. I, I oh, he I, cracks me up. I do agree with Joe though when like the four of them are all yelling. It's like yeah, it screeching to my ears. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, god, I get not I like want to I just want to like just turn it off, but I, I, I do. I, I love I love listening to all of them because they all kind of have – they all make some good, valid points, you know, believe it or not. It, like To me, like, Brian Cowan made a couple of good points. and Brian's know, smart. Yeah, smart guy, man. And uh, oh, yeah. you can tell he likes the sport. He doesn't always watch it. You can tell by that, too. Yeah. But you can tell that he likes the sport, and he's got a little bit of knowledge in it all. But, um, look – Brendan talked he, he look he reason why he what we're talking about is that he said Lima Come on, talk to me. he said that I know <laughs> he said that Lima is can't beat Usman can't be um yeah, well. Covington can't beat those guys because he's not in the UFC which he's right he, like, he can't beat them because he's not in that organization so they'll never fight so there, he is right about that <laughs> but no I said some things to, to to Brendan on Twitter and I just said like well Bren- Brennan, is wrong. Brennan is wrong that Lima's not a top guy. Brennan's wrong that he doesn't have the that he that Lima potentially can't beat those guys. And I think he can. I, I and I have to agree with Joe. Joe kind of said the same thing. Joe said he could starch him. Or he could, yeah. he could get taken down and beat the fuck up. Like it could yep. go either way. Absolutely. But to touch on what Joe said, and I'm gonna I've said this for years, and i told you this a couple weeks ago. Is when you're talking about the top five guys in the world, we're talking less than probably a one percent. Oh, not of, even
0: close to one percent. Yeah,
1: it's like that's, not even close. That's all it takes. If one guy comes in and his fucking hair is out of line, that like all of a sudden, you know, like he stubbed his toe on the way to the gym that that day or to the to the to the, to the fucking arena, dude, he could lose that fight. That's the oh, yeah. that's how close everybody is evenly matched up. When you get to that top five of echelon of guys, and and when you get to the point where guys are peaking at certain times. Like it's like a roller coaster like this. And I'll give you fire rhythm. Yeah, and I'll give you guys a for, I'll give you guys someone that the whole world had written off. It was Robbie Lawler, UFC? Oh cut yeah, him. Robbie sucked. He went
0: to pride. Ride. Are you kidding? When, when the UFC cut Robbie, yep. he sucked. That's all I heard.
1: Yeah. Horrible, like, just you know, he wasn't what we then, thought he was going to be, and like, just yep. whatever. Now, look at Robbie Lawler. Now, look at him. I mean, like, look at the career the, he had. The career he had He had some great yeah. fights in Pride, had some good fights in what Elite XC was he in Elite XC? And then he came to the then
0: Strike Force. Strike
1: Force, he was the Strike Force champion there. Then he came, that was all at 185. He's a 70 pounder. Yep. That was all at 185. Then he gets to the UFC, becomes the 175 pound champion. And was was very had some of the best fights, epic fights we've ever seen. And Dave doesn't think much of him because Dave's commented a couple of times about how he's not good. But He'll I'm simply he's just <laughs> yeah, champion, he's a, he's just garbage and that like basically like, oh, he's just a brawler, just not very good. Like g- good guys will beat him. Anyways, but he starched a bunch of guys. But it's my point is that guys like him, when when he said when Brendan said, like, oh, he's the Lima's not fighting all the best guys all the time. I'm telling you right now, when the fight game is about confidence, you can't fight the best guys
0: all the time. And sure, it's That's all, the whole thing. It's the whole well, thing. And it, it's also when you're fighting the best guys all the time, your career is short yep. compared to the guy who's not having to fight the best guys all the time. So, yeah, you can sit there and say, "Oh, yeah, it's it's great that he's fighting these you know top guys one after the other." That's what a champion has to do. A champion doesn't really get a break, mm-hmm. but if you're not the champion having to fight murderers row time after time, after time, after time, it breaks you down Yeah, because you only have so many battles in you, you know, and it, the, the, when you're looking at guys, and this is what I loved about Demetrius Johnson is Demetrius has all these fights because for how long did he go without even being damaged? hmm you know, and that's what I loved about watching Demetrius, especially when he was on his run. You know, about the time when you know when he fought uh, Benavides the second time, and he he knocked Benavides out. Sacramento. He had a yeah, he had a run from that point that you watched. He didn't get touched, and that allows him to maintain his ability to compete against the next guy, the next guy. But as soon as you start getting damaged now it starts going down and and it starts slowing down for you so yeah you can sit there and say you know well you know when guys are you know in the, the ufc they're you know they're always going after you know the next you know big guy and it's always Murder's rope that's good and it's bad mm-hmm. you know there's there's a good side to it if you're the fan and there's a real bad side to it if you're the fighter
1: well you can look at it this way too you want to say like yeah the champion's got to fight Murder's road but let's talk let's talk anderson silver real quick Let's not deny
0: the fact that, like,
1: Murderer's <laughs> Row was not Murderer's Row, really, on the guys he was beating
0: outside of Rich Franklin. No, you had. You're going to get me in trouble with Anderson. Oh, my God. No. You're bringing up Anderson Silva.
1: <laughs> Look, I've always liked him as a fighter. I, I didn't. I like, loved him. We talk about the, the cheating thing as a separate issue. Like, But, look, I've always liked him as a fighter. I've always liked it. He's always been super talented. There was never a doubt about any of that. He's no different no. than John Jones. Like, they're fucking extremely talented. I look at the two of them like as if I look at, like, MVP. You know, like, very good on the feet. Very long, lanky. Very styles that kind of very... That match, you know, very similar styles. But they... Anderson didn't fight the best guys all the time, you know. And there's times no. you're gonna have shitty fights against guys, you know. John Jones fought over St. Preux. wasn't a great performance, you know what I mean? Like, like you have uh, what's it called? Anderson, he fought Patrick Cote. I would say he probably was was he either losing that fight or was a close fight until Patrick Cote hurt his knee in a, yeah. in a really fluke thing. It was just Anderson didn't show up that night, you know what I mean? He but, fought James Irvin, yeah, fought, yeah. like there, there's guys you're thinking to yourself, like. How did these guys even get to the title?
0: You know what I mean? And not yeah, and and this is not putting Patrick Coté down. He was a good fighter. Yes, he was. Jay Zervin was a good fighter. Yes. But if you can't say that oh he was a top top level Travis, fighter. Travis Luter.
1: Travis Travis Looter. Yeah. You know, I mean there was, was not. there was guys. Like you can't say like, oh, UFC has all the best guys, in murderers row, but then you can't use the same thing at the same time you can't bunch that all together with like the guys that Anderson fought and it's not going to always be that way. So Lima, sure, we're a smaller promotion. We've got Bellator's a smaller promotion. We don't have as many guys on the roster for it to be a, to, for them to be a long-lasting murderers row, but he just did something to Rory McDonald. I mean, it was a close fight the first one. The second one he came back and dominated the fight. And you know, he's knocked out Korshkov, he's beat submitted Korshkov, he's done all the things he's supposed to have done. You know, um I can't knock him. I'm saying that, I'm simply saying like you cannot put those guys you can't say he's not a top tier guy. He may get there and he may knock them out like Joe was saying, or he may get taken down and just, you know, blasted from the top. You never know. But I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, those are the, that's that's what makes it from the top echelon of guys, the top five guys. That's what makes it so interesting. I'm a little disappointed that Joe didn't bring up Patricio because after just seeing what Volkanovsky did to, to Max Holloway and being a shorter, stumpier guy, and I have to agree with you, okay, which I very rarely try to do. Okay, um, <laughs> it's simply it's very Patricio to me has got more power than Volkanovsky. Patricio is, I feel like has the better wrestling than Volkanovsky.
0: Absolutely.
1: And and I would even say maybe potentially even the the better, better submission, game. better grappling game. No doubt. I don't know. I have never seen Volkanovski in person to see if, is he taller than Patricio or they're the same height? No, they're, they're, they're they are very, very similar. similar. So that yeah, to me. Maybe an inch difference. Yeah. And here's the other thing. When you have guys like Henry Cejudo training with guys like like uh, Patricio, I'm just telling you, guys like Henry Cejudo, they don't try to join with other guys who don't bring their level up. <laughs> you know what i mean
0: like the don't that don't it's it's there's there's give and take and everything yeah but if you're a top level guy you are training with other guys that bring something to the game yep they bring something and that's why you're training with them and so that's you know it, my my biggest problem with what brendan said was you know he basically says you know if you're not if you're not fighting the ufc you're not you know you're just not top talent and it's like you know, I don't know how much Brendan truly watches MMA before, but I can rattle off names of people that nobody knows, mm-hmm. all right? If you're if you're part of North America, you're not going to know them. But, you know, there's a guy named Razov out there. He is a freaking monster as a featherweight. Tell me, where, where is right? he from, Russia? He's from Russia. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's from Chechnya. Okay. Okay, but he is a stud. Mm-hmm. He's probably I think sixteen and one now. His one one uh, loss was to a, a wrestler that just held him down. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> this kid is phenomenal. But and and this is the point. This is what people don't get. And I don't blame. I don't blame the UFC. I don't blame Bellator. You can only bring in so many people into your organization that. Don't speak the language yeah. of the vast majority of your fans. Mm-hmm. All right, so you know the UFC tries to bring in people that you know are good. That hey, they can they can talk English. It helps. It helps when someone is a fighter from England and they're good mm-hmm. because they speak the language of people in North America, which is that's where the UFC is making their money and the, UK. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. and so. You can only have so many Russian fighters. Now, guys like Khabib have learned how to speak English, and that's helping not only him, it's helping the UFC.
1: That is number but, one bullshit, by the way. <laughs> number one bullshit. <laughs> it,
0: it, but it, it, it is so true because, look, this is a business, and you can't have your lineup full of people that can't – You, it's hard for you to promote, yep. they cannot help promote the fights – because they don't speak the language. And so I understand why, you know, Yusuf Razov is still in, in Russia and Chechnya fighting because, you know, that's where he's from. But, man, those guys are out there, mm-hmm. and they are so good, Josh, and you know they're yeah, out there and how good they are. You know, and it's it's like, you know, when you talk about Islam, you know, walking into AKA, yeah. you know, who knew about Islam? You know, Russians. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah guys from Dagestan. That's the only ones that knew about him. Yep. He's he okay. I,
1: believe, I want to say I believe he's a five-time world champ Asambo world champion. Like he's yeah. nasty good. And and I don't want to like I want to give any like I'll give a little bit of insight on this. Like outside of Khabib uh, Islam looking up to Khabib stylistically when they those two spar, I got to tell you, that fucking is a pay-per-view headline right there. <laughs> that fight. Like <laughs> I know that I know it'll never ever happen, but I'm saying yeah. you guys are not uh able to watch at home. Like but I see wa- it, I see it all the yeah, fucking time. And I'm like and and yeah. then even when they're trying to be respectful to each other, like not trying to like make sure no one gets hurt. It's still gunslinging. It's and then
0: well that's what you're you're in the gym and you go all of a sudden you look over and your gloves start coming off uh, and you just become a fan. You yes. start watching. <laughs> that that's
1: exactly what happens. Like everyone's oh, everyone yeah. just starts watching. Oh shit. Oh oh shit someone just got a first oh. airline ticket. First, first class airline ticket. They're throwing each other. I mean, like feet are up in the air. I mean, it's it's so fun. Not just the two of them, but you know, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to have that and, group of guys and, in the in the
0: ring. And that's that's the point. Is look at there's a lot of those guys out there, mm-hmm. and you know, I got to work with a lot of them. So and, and I wasn't even you know people are oh you know you're you know since working with Bellator that's all you talk about. It's I'm not talking even about guys from Bellator. Nope. I'm talking about there are people, MMA is continuing to grow at a massive rate across the world. And, you know, and this is part of the whole thing when you're looking, it's very hard to compare fighters from the year 2000 to now fighters in the year 2020. Yep. They're just better. The training is better. The knowledge is better. The techniques are better. Everything is better. It's just fact. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you're, you're going to talk about someone from the past about how good they were. stuff. So you know, Matt Hughes, I love Matt. He was phenomenal as the champion of the welterweight division in the UFC. And, man, he could not compete with yeah. any of the guys you're talking about in that top level. Nope. It's just that it's just he was a different breed compared to what they are now. They're just better now as far as because they know more.
1: Yeah, the other thing as well is that back then, we were really just taking fighters from a couple countries. One, like we had GSP from Canada, who's like pretty much the only yep. fighter. We had like two <laughs> or three other guys. Did no. they hit? Had- did Canada have another yeah, fighter? Yeah, that Mark uh, Mark <laughs> you know. But you you, know, you had you had a group of guys that
0: came. Are right, you from? Come on, Sam Stout. Sam Stout, awesome. Mark Chris Hominick, Hordesky. Hordesky.
1: Uh, I those. Were, those Chris. were the Chris was such a good kid, the baby Chris, face, great guy, baby face. And then um, you know they had a what was the short little good jujitsu guy that they had? He looked like he was um almost like Mexican. He almost looked Mexican, but he wasn't. He's was like Persian, maybe or oh God, what was his name? I can't remember him. Anyways, he was... Are he, you talking about Bibiano? No, no, no. Bibiano, no, no. Uh, he was smaller. His first fight, I believe, was GSP. Oh, you're talking about Ivan Menjivar. Yes. Gosh, man. I loved watching him fight. It was a small little ball of muscle. Just... Anyways, there was a ton of guys. <laughs> Ivan was talented. Yes, he was. And then... Um, <laughs> You know, but then like, so you had a group of guys from Canada, had a group of guys that finally came in from the UK, which was Biz Bing and some other guys, you know, uh, Dan Hardy and those guys. Then you had some guys from Brazil, you know, and you had like, we never really had a lot of guys that came from Japan until the fold of pride. Like none of the guys really came from, you know, from Japan. And then, you know, there was never any guys from China, never any guys from Korea, never any guys from Russia. There was, there was just markets. A couple. There was Amar
0: Suluev yes. and uh, what, what was the other guy? I want to say it started with an with S2. The, uh,
1: the guy with the blonde yeah. hair. Suluev yes. was the shorter uh, guy that fought yep. Chuck Liddell.
0: And then um, yep.
1: Trevor Prangley fought the other one three times. Yeah, and
0: I can't think of his. I want his Seminoff.
1: Seminoff. It is Seminoff. Yeah, yeah Seminoff. He fought. Trevor fought him three times. That was so funny, man. Um yeah, they had a couple. We had a couple guys from Russia, Tsuluev and and uh, Semenov. Those were the only two guys I recall ever coming from Russia at the time. Yeah. Um, but the market, and then Arlovsky. Just, yeah, the, the yeah, Arlovsky. Then the the market just. But he was from Belarus, White Russia. Yes. He's from White Russia. But they <laughs> but they just had a different mark. We hadn't got into those markets yet, where a lot of the younger, talented guys, like from Russia, were had been training ensemble since the time they were four and five years old. You know, and so um, Brazil, same thing. We didn't get a lot of guys from Brazil. We had, you know, the the top guys that the Gracie family had kinda of talked about, people there was buzz about, but we didn't get the the deep guys from the favelas, we didn't get those guys, a lot of them, you know, because no no one wanted to help push those guys or get those guys to the next level. Now, that's changing. There's there's different ways, like from the contender series to, you know, f- to fight for Dana White and now Bellator holding, like, tryouts. We're finding guys. I mean, just think about that little tiny tryout we did in Hawaii. We found, I want to say we found like 10 or 11 guys, you know, and you're finding guys that you don't think are going to be good, but they're there. They're out there. They're good guys out there that no one's even talked to. No one, they don't, these guys are like musicians that don't know how to get their name into the bigger promotions.
0: It's it's, it's like American Idol, you know, did American, did American Idol create Carrie Underwood? Well, yeah, in a way, but she was always that good. Yeah. You know, it just no one. She didn't have the ability to get out there and have people see her, which is what you know fighting for the UFC or fighting for Bellator does for you. If you get to that level, you get seen, and then people start talking about you. But you know the, the whole thing, and this is what going back on it. Anytime someone says that the the UFC has all the top fighters and nobody else outside of them is any good, you got to look and say, well. You're just not part of the. Well, sport. that can't be true. And, and, I, and I know, I know, Brendan is part of the sport, but he's not paying attention to the you, sport. That
1: can't be true. They traded away Demetrius Johnson, who's to me probably considered in that <laughs> he's in that goat conversation. You know, for some, oh, no doubt about it, he's in the goat conversation.
0: Damn.
1: And um, you can't trade away one of your best, one of the best guys ever, and say you have all the best guys. You know, and that's that. That was an issue. And then they sure they got Ben Askren for it in the in the
0: trade or the deal, or whatever. But it just but, but you know, Ben was. And no, no disrespect no. to Ben. And I think Ben knows okay? that. Okay, Ben was a phenomenal, you know, incredible wrestler. Made a great career out of MMA. But by the time he went to the UFC, he was older. He was much slower. He had a. He had a. We, we all knew that he had a bad hip that mm-hmm. he needed surgery on. That you know he was just waiting, you know, till the end of his career trying to mm-hmm. get past it. He couldn't run anymore. So you know they. And I'm not saying they got the least of the deal, yeah, but yeah. they got the least of the deal.
1: But they got they got the right. they actually got the better of the deal. The deal that made their promotion look better. Yeah, you know when you take a I, look at it and look, and I I think had they got the Ben Askren from the beginning, who knows? That was t- what ten years ago. You don't know what yeah, that that Ben should would have had. See a, that,
0: you know, this is where people forget they should have gotten Ben back yeah, then. Yeah, they should have because Bjorn Rebney was done with Ben because he wasn't the exciting fighter that yeah. Bjorn Rebney wanted out of Bellator. And he was the champion. He was beating everybody because he was, he was a, a single-style guy that was so dominant in that style that he could make the fight his way. Mm-hmm. And Bjorn Rebney lets him go, won't re-sign him, and then Dana came out saying, oh, he hasn't fought anybody. And it was like, man, that, eh. yeah. Just, just wrong. Now, I know I'm not blaming Dana completely because Ben said a lot of things about Dana, and I can understand why Dana said, oh, fuck you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, it was too bad that he didn't go there when he was still able to really compete yeah. at, a, at a top level for him. You know, he had his years in one, and those were all good, and he won all those fights, but time eventually— you know, what he was 36, 35 or 36 when he first went to the USC. And yeah. as you were saying, that's you know, that starting age. to tail off. Yeah, at yeah. 36,
1: I, I, like I said, I, I noticed a physical difference in my body during that time. I mean, Ben was never fucking a, a, a rock star, like when it came to muscles. But, <laughs> you know, but, the- but,
0: you know, you could go go and take a look at, all right, let's talk about George Masvidal. Uh-huh. All right, George Masvidal fought in Bellator, yep. got beaten Bellator, yep. okay, in Bellator, by Toby Strike Force. Yeah. Who else did he, he, fought lose, he lost force. a daily in Bellator also didn't he? No, 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 no. He fought. No, I he think George, George is only. I think he only fought twice in Bellator. He, I, I could be wrong, but I know he won one and he lost a Toby Amato at that. He lo- yeah, triangle. he lost on that inverted It tri- yeah. Can happen. Yeah, you know? yeah. But he he you know fought in strike force, won some, lost some, yeah. lost to Gill yeah. in a championship fight. But everyone you know is talking about how wonderful George is now, and they're right. He is and they're forgetting all of this time when he was fighting in Bellator fighting in Strike Force fighting around the world and everyone said he was trash. No, he was not trash then no. and he's not trash now. He's a great fighter. Same as Anthony Smith. Yeah. You know, I don't know what Anthony Smith is rated in the UFC but in the lightweight he's got to be what 3 or 4. Okay? Anthony Smith had, you know, a career of fighting in small shows fought in Bellator a couple of times. He won, you know, but he fought in strike force. I did his fight against, you know, uh, Roger Gracie, you know, he got beat. And so it can happen. It doesn't, it just, because you know, you're not fighting in a certain promotion doesn't mean that you're a crap fighter and it doesn't mean that you won't become that great fighter or that, you know, when you finally get there, you're actually on the downside. Of your career too, and that's what happened with Ben. Yeah,
1: guys go up and down, and they'll peak. Like some guys will rejuvenate their career, like you know, let me like you said, Mazal. Mazal is a perfect example, right? Like he didn't have a good stint in Bellator. He looked, I thought he looked phenomenal in Force. I actually was like one of those guys. I was supposed to fight him four or five times. It just, it something else always, another fight was always presented. It was like, hey, you want to fight George? And I was like, I agreed to fight him a couple times. I know he agreed to fight me because we had talked about it a bunch of times. But for some reason, the promotion didn't put the two of us together. Bottom line is, I mean, I, that guy's always been fucking good. He's always been yep. good. And. Yeah, people did. People didn't realize I until he they started watching him wrestle and do more stuff with Yoel Romero, how fucking good his wrestling was. But his wrestling's always been good. His wrestling has always been good from back in the strike force days. I remember watching, like, dude, people couldn't take him down. People couldn't, people couldn't hold him down. Like he was bounce around on one foot, like BJ Penn, just fucking stuffing people's takedowns. And then on top of that, his, he's athletic. His boxing was good. I mean, he was always an extremely talented guy. A guy that, man, I always knew if I had a fight, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a rough one. It's like one of those kind of guys. You just knew he was just a yeah. gritty dog like junk dog dog type fighter and but always respectful always a nice guy love being around the guy even just seeing him in the hallway phenomenal man just a phenomenal fighter when he got to the UFC it was icing on the cake he had his ups and downs you know And but then he found yeah. his groove and I think I think he like in strike force, he was potentially killing himself to make 55 because he's a tall guy yeah. he's a I had talked guy. to him
0: about that back then I said man you're losing too much weight yeah. see going back to the weight thing I'm always on the weight thing but yeah. it was true and I, I, I taught, when I talked to him, it was about, you know, hey, you're not beating people on being the bigger, stronger guy. You're beating people on having better technique and out technically boxing people. Yeah. Don't worry about being the bigger, stronger guy. You're going to be the faster guy if you go to 170. That's going to be your weight class. And eventually he went up there, and I was glad to see that he did. And he's had great success. His last three fights have been phenomenal. He deserves everything that's coming his way. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't always fight in the UFC. Yeah. <laughs> he fought a lot of other places.
1: I for those of you that don't understand how good his boxing and kickboxing is, and don't just go back to what you just saw. I'll tell you, he was. If you guys want to see how good he was back then, go look at his fight with KJ Noons. I had never yeah. seen somebody dismantle KJ Noons the way he did. That was who was one considered of, a good boxer, considered a good boxer, a good kickboxer. Like, he had, he yep. has good, but and he also had, uh, beaten, beat Nick, right? Yeah. The, it was like, yeah. I don't know, stop by a cut or whatever, but it was still, he well, had, multiple, because yeah. he,
0: he, he tore Nick's face up.
1: Yeah, he tore his neck. So he had a beaten Nick, but George did basically what KJ did to Nick's face. George did that to his face. I mean, it was nasty. And he did it without taking any shots in that fight. (laughs) I mean, he was... George is good. He's fucking nasty good back then. He just found his groove, I think, now. And he's extremely comfortable with himself. And guys hit their stride, depending on who they're beating and who who they're beating and who motivates them. I've said this for years. Like... I don't want to I don't want to look back on my career and be like fuck man what if what if but there are things that I was really upset about when I when the UFC was bought by Strike Force or, or the Strike Force was bought by the UFC. <laughs> yeah. I was
0: going to say stop that yeah, and reverse yeah. it. So when the UFC
1: was uh, <laughs> UFC bought Strike Force I was mad that I never got to fight Donald Cerrone. I was mad. I never got to fight Anthony Pettis because those are guys that all people talked about. Was like, oh, I can't wait to watch you fight these guys. Those are two guys that, like, that's all I wanted to do was fight them. And of course, I wanted to fight Gill again because Gill and I had unsettled business after our last fight. But that whole thing was like, there was guys that I had in mind that never came. That never came about. George seems like he got the opportunity to, to fight the guys that he he knew he could beat, or that he knew that stylistically motivated him. And I think when you get a motivated fighter to fight somebody that they want to fight, you're going to get the best fight out of them you could potentially get ever in their lives. And he has he's had that opportunity. And when he when he did what he did to um Darren Till, yeah. It was like that guy motivates me. I'm ready to go. He fucking that was absolutely phenomenal. And then when he then he turned around, and, you know, he did what he did to Ben Askren, it was like I'm going to I'm going to knock this guy out. Whatever it was, two biscuits and a soda, whatever the fuck. But it was fucking awesome. <laughs> a three-piece in three a soda. Three-piece, whatever, a three man. A three-piece, baby. It was, <laughs> it was, and I'm a big, I'm a Ben fan because to know what Ben and the whole Dana thing, and I, I support all the fighters They go from promotion from one promotion to the next promotion because... Living your life outside the UFC is never easy. And I did it for half my career. It's hard, man. It's hard for these guys to justify what they're doing and why they're doing it. And Ben, I, I was became a fan of Ben uh, because of that situation. He went to Bellator, <laughs> went to one, became champion in both places not a lot of people can say they did that and he came to the ufc towards the end of his career but the bottom line is i i support guys that go to other organizations because it's hard to live your life outside that organization because you're going to hear guys like brendan shop continue to say things that he did and i'm a huge brendan fan and he's actually gonna be San Antonio this weekend i love brendan man and i i give brendan a lot of credit for for you know, me wanting to do podcasts because when i had went and did his show i was like Fuck, this is this is awesome this is dope small little tiny room great conversation i love like the way we're talking now i've always loved talking fighting that's why when you and i do events together you and i just sit at dinner table just talking that's all we do everyone (laughs) just gets up and leaves and we're just still sitting there talking (laughs) fights and and so it just it's hard as a fighter outside the ufc to justify what they're doing with their life and their career when people continue to say things like brendan did and that bothers me and that's why i wanted to bring this up today
0: yeah it, it does, it bothers, ah, it, it, you got to look at it like this. I look at it like Twitter or Instagram Are you or on any there? of the so, social media things, right?
1: <laughs> but, 75 yeah. years old, got a Twitter handle. 75 year old guy <laughs> on
0: Twitter. But, you, you know, the people that'll sit there and you'll say, so, and they'll they'll just try to rip you apart, you know, you're an idiot. You don't know nothing. No, man. You know, and I tell I tell guys all the time, hey, if, if you're worried about what, That person has to say to you, and that's going to bother you. You got bigger problems, okay? uh, If you're a fighter outside of the UFC, you you've got to understand that the the hardcore fans are going to know if you're a good fighter or not. It's the casual fans that they're only going to associate. Oh, do you fight in the UFC? And if you don't, then you're not that good. The real question is, why are you fighting?
1: Yeah, why?
0: You know, are you fighting because I want, to, I want to wear this shirt that says UFC on it that makes me feel good? Okay. Or are you fighting to pay bills, to set yourself up for the future? You know, I don't care who you're fighting for. Mm-hmm. I care that you are making the most that you can make off of the talent that you have and that you're performing at the best you can getting that money and doing smart things with it if you're doing those things you're a winner don't worry about what anyone says and just keep walking your path yeah no i i agree here's the thing
1: with brendan though it just i i want to say this it kind of cut me deep shrek it cut me real deep like it was one (laughs) of those it was one of those things because he has a you thought you were making waffles no he has (laughs) he has a platform though that a casual fan doesn't have or even a hardcore fan has he has a platform and when things like that are said it just and i look i'm not just saying it because it's a bellator guy i'm saying it because demetrius johnson's over in one probably doesn't give a fuck whether he's justified people know that he's one of the best oh. the casual fan doesn't know that he's one of the best though and for him for for brendan to have the platform he has especially to say it on joe's show that just that bugged me a little bit i was like man this is not this is not what it's supposed to be about we're supposed to be pumping the fact that these guys and the athletes are the best like the if just someone deserves to be considered the best have them in the conversation let's start let's start talking about dialogue and start creating dialogue basically around, hey, why is that promotion's number one guy not fighting this promotion's number one guy? There you go. Why are we not seeing who the best guy is? We've been talking about this for boxing for years. Now we're finally getting to see some of these things happen, and everyone's in love with it. Why are we not talking about it with MMA? <laughs> and when things like that are said, though, and, and I'm, like I said, I'm a fan. I'm a, Brendan's like one of my, I look at him like he's one of my boys. I enjoy being around him. Great conversation we we've had good talks about the sport itself we did not agreed you know on a lot of things i'm a big khabib fan he's a i'm also a connor fan but he was riding on connor during before that could fight you know and and i let him know exactly what's going to happen and it turned out to be exactly what was going to happen i just feel like it just in with that platform you have you got to be careful what you say because these other guys, they're not in the UFC, man. And they, they deserved the same notoriety that all the other athletes are getting. Because they're, they're extremely fucking good. Look at Julia Budd. Okay? I, she may go out next week and, and knock, knock, you know, knock on wood, she's, she has a great performance. But she may go out there next week and get starch. She may go out there too and starch Cyborg. Then what yeah. are we going to say? Her only two losses are to Ronda Rousey when she really wasn't, she was still young. And then when she lost to Amanda Nunes. Like, those yeah. are her only two losses.
0: Well, both of those was early in
1: her career. Yeah, early in her career. She's a different fighter now. Like, she's a different fighter now. Now, with her, it's never been her talent. It's always been her mental. Does she believe she yeah. belongs in there?
0: And we're going to yeah. see it
1: next week if she believes that, that she believes it is the question. that she could be in there with it, Cyborg next next week.
0: If, if mentally she is on her game, believing in herself, it's going to be a tough fight. It's going to be – she has every – she has all the skill necessary to beat Cyborg. If she doesn't have that true belief in herself, it won't happen for her. Yep. So she's, you know, it's, it, it is the real question, and we're going to see. But that's, but that, here's the thing though that's
1: every fighter. If you don't fucking believe in it yourself, is. you'll never be the it best. Is. You'll never think true. that you can be the best. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but I think if she goes out there and starts her, and she is Julia Bud starts is cyborg, then we're all gonna be saying, like, is she considered one of the best now? Are we gonna give her that platform to say, I wanna hear people say that on their platforms? Like, let's not beat around the bush. Lima deserves to be there, Patricio deserves to be there. Fuck, how could you not say Gagar Musashi doesn't believe belong to be there? Like, that's the thing. <laughs> the guy's fought at heavyweights, fought two oh five, he's fought at one eight five. Like he's fucking fought everywhere and beat all these guys. How are you gonna tell me he doesn't deserve to be there? You know, um like to me, Lovato Junior. I think he deserves to be there, but it's gonna. It's a quite stylistically. He doesn't match up well with some guys. You know, if he if he's able to take Israel down, is he? I think he could beat him. Oh, if he, he I think he beats him. But done. can he get him down? That's the thing. I agree. If he can't it's get him question. down. We're he's getting starched. I mean, just yeah, my personal. Well,
0: but it's it's the same thing with both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, Israel. I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't have a ground game, but trust me, it doesn't match up no. to Lovato's. Not even close. And his stand up game is unbelievable. No oh, nasty. It is so good. So you know, you're taking you know that fight, even though you look at it and it's this is 2020, you're going back in time of almost UFC one. You know, not not quite. Well, not UFC one, but it is that stylistically striker versus grappler. If the grappler gets the striker down the striker's in deep trouble. If the grappler can't get that striker down, the grappler's in deep trouble. Yeah. You know, but they're both unbelievable in what they do, what skill set brought them to the dance. They are just almost head and shoulders above everyone in that weight class.
1: But I think in saying what Brendan said, though, you have to still take into accountability that styles make matchups. So to they me, do. like, you know, Gegard can go to go back to the UFC or he can go to Pride or he can stay where he's at And the guys. Can go. He's going to be a style nightmare for fucking almost anyone because he's good on the ground. He's good on top. He's good on bottom. We saw that with Lovato Jr. He was able to get out of some tights, some tight positions. He was able to also put Lovato Jr. in some nasty positions as well on the ground. I mean, that, yeah. that well, at the end of the third round. I thought for sure the fight was actually oh. going to get
0: stopped. You know? I thought it was, I thought that fight was had, had turned a corner. I thought Lovato won the first two rounds, mm-hmm. and that third round happened. I went, uh-oh. Trouble. Man, guard has got him, and he is in trouble now. And then the fourth round, he took more. Yep. You know, and, and it's... Came down to the fifth round. Off, yeah, and hats off to a guy that proved he's got championship medal in Lovato, yep. who said, I have to get this takedown, and did it. And that's the same yep. thing that he could do if he fought Israel Adesanya, possibly, mm-hmm. or Israel could starch him yep. in the standup. You don't <laughs> yeah. know.
1: Like and look for, for everyone listening at home. I want you guys to understand. When we talk about our guys. I like and I'm saying Bellator guys, and I'm saying like ONE FC guys. I'm simply saying let's have the conversation about these guys. Certain guys are as good as the champions over there, and they're as good as the top five guys. Now look, styles make matchups, and you, John, said this a bunch of times. I could take a guy that could. I can't take a guy that can beat Khabib, but I could take a guy that <laughs> the other guys and I could I could match Bellator guys to beat the UFC guys. And I could take yeah. I could take it the other way around and say, "Hey, yeah, these UFC I guys, if I, this guy fought this guy, he'd fucking star yep. him and this guy fought this guy, UFC guy yeah. would win. It has to do with styles make matchups. But look, let's just have the conversation. Patricio versus Volkanovski makes for a very fucking good fight. Both oh, really very, both God very that would small be so guys. Good. Both with good power. It powers. would be so good. Just a Someone's phenomenal, going to sleep. Just for a phenomenal fight. That would be a great fight. I would love to watch that fight.
0: And that's a fight that should happen based upon the sport of MMA is about the fighters. It's not about the promotion. Yep. The promotion is there to promote the fighters and put on these fights it is about putting the best fighters you can against each other mm-hmm. to see when you take this guy against this guy who's the one that's going to come out on top and you know because one comes out on top you know one time doesn't mean that he could do it the second time
1: yeah yeah no. i know i i yeah those there's fights in there that i would like to see who at 135 would you like to see from bellator and ufc or uh, one thirty I mean like Demetrius Johnson I know is at twenty five, but I'd like to see him do a, a
0: thirty five stint at some point. Oh, if you're gonna say someone from Bellator to go to the UFC. Yeah.
1: No, no, like if we're gonna have them match up. Like guys from 135, because the one thirty five pound division in the in Bellator, one thirty five pound division in um UFC.
0: Man, I, I would love to see uh, there's there's a couple. I would I'd really love to see Dominic Cruz yes. against Uh, I would there's a couple of guys I'd like to see him but you know I'd like to see that stylistically that matchup between him and a guy like Patchy Mix that would be fun to watch I would love to see Juan Archuleta against someone like let's say Peter Yan you know that would be a tough fight for Archuleta I think yeah you know but if he could utilize what the way he does things at times with his wrestling and Mm-hmm. keep peter yawn uncomfortable and a little off balance he's got a chance but peter yawn i think is just phenomenal right now yeah. and mm-hmm. a tough match up there you know there there's so many good matchups you could make but yeah you know, the problem is we, we got to get them to make them yeah yeah
1: but but that's <laughs> but to go back to, to to go back to brendan these are things that we should be talking about yeah and and I feel like when you, I feel like it was a little bit of a discredit to the athletes think, themselves. And it's, yeah, well, I I, th-
0: I think Brendan is when Brendan talks the way he's talking, say making that that blanket statement, painting you know, oh, if you don't fight in the UFC, you're nothing. He's setting the sport backwards because hmm. he does have influence. This is you know when I talk about you know, and I I don't know how many times I said I love Joe, hmm. but Joe sometimes says things without you know he's wanting to you know make something better you know, like yeah. you know officiating he always wants it to get better but sometimes he paints it with such a broad stroke because he doesn't like the outcome of a fight and he'll say we need to get rid of all the judges it's like come on man you, you just slammed everybody that has put a lot of hard work yeah. into being good at what they do all right be you know if you have an idea of what you w- what can be done to make the situation better great Let's say it, but when you just blast an entire world of fighters saying you're not good if you're not fighting in this organization, you're you're just you're you're misinforming everyone. And you have a big microphone, you have a yeah. big platform. Brendan's got a lot of people that listen to him, that when he says it, they believe it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was, uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm a big fan of Brendan, and like I said, I've had been on his show a couple times. And uh, the content is always great. The conversation is always great. Everything's always great. So uh, it just threw me off guard to hear him say that about Lima, <sighs> given how good, given the fact that Roy left is like a top five guy there, top five, top six, I think at the time. You know, and his losses were to Lawler and to Stephen Thompson. It's like, yep, it, Lawler was the champion, and Stephen Thompson was number two or three at the time, or something like that, or somewhere in that mix. It just it bugged, and then he comes, and then Lima gets. Beats him, loses him the first time, comes back, beats him handily the second time. It just it bugged me, it bug, it just bugged. Me. Not just because he's a Bellator guy, but just it bugs me, like you said, the blanket statement of like if you're not in the UFC, and I I, I want I want more, I want to see more out of all, out of the people that have the platforms like us to talk about. Let's get these promotions to start. Getting these top guys to potentially doing a show together of like, hey, I don't have, to have my champion fight you. Let's have my number four guy fight your number six guy. Or, you know, let's put the yeah. best matchups together for the That's fans. It. Let's do this make this happen. Champion versus champion. I don't care if we see that. But let me see these guys fight that are good fights. I there was a fight, there was a fight I was talking about the other day that I, I'm surprised hasn't come up yet. Is I want to see Ryan Hall and Kron Gracie. <laughs> why not see that? I know they're in the same organization But they're in yeah. the same weight class I want to say Kron just fought Cub Lost But why yep. not Why not These two guys I would love to see that fucking fight Why Why is no one buzzing <laughs> about that fight at all?
0: Because I yeah, do, Especially says. Since- I, Everyone seems to have a problem fighting Ryan Hall. I don't I don't get it. Well you know, as I far just as saw like Kenny, why you wouldn't put that.
1: I just saw Kenny Florian a tweet like, Hey, Ryan Hall's ready. Hawke I back when I used to fight, the best guys used to want to fight the best guys. And I'm thinking to myself, why not let's why not let's see Kron versus Ryan Hall? That to me is one of those fights that I'm surprised that hasn't been talked about or even like i haven't heard any buzz about potentially that fight happening on social media at all that's a fight that i'm i'm here to come here to start the buzz guys that's what i'm here to. that's a good but you know
0: you're you're talking about at 145 pounds yes non non non-championship fight really doesn't i would love to see that fight that'd be fucking awesome yeah it would be awesome all right let's get your take who takes it crone really yep really can you get it you could People talk all they want and I love Ryan. I think he is fun to watch. I love his attitude towards fighting. I love how much uh he goes about trying to always improve and his ground is phenomenal. It's just not the ground that he can do the same what he does what he does well. Yeah. He can't do against. He cannot do it against Crone. I was he can't do I it. was
1: supposed to fight Crone and Dream. I believe it was Dream at the time, and uh, yeah. for their New Year's Eve show. And then Hickson shut it down. He's like, "No, nah, too much uh, experience." But at the time, to- yeah, yeah, I think it was only like, and this, you're too. Yeah, it was two second fight or something like that.
0: Yeah, you're for way sure. bigger than Crone too.
1: I've never I've never met him in person, yeah. but. Um, he seems like a really cool guy. Like I've watched, a, a I watched some guy. of his interviews, and I liked when he did his open workout. I was like, "This is this is different. This is cool. This is who you are, and this is what people want to get to know." I, for me as a fan of the sport and fan of fighters, I want to get to know them and what they do. Don't just go out there and show a front. Just, what, what, what would you normally do? You know, like it's so. I it was cool to see him do the things that he did. That's great. Like, when I watch uh, Karate Hottie, when she does the whole, like, kick in front of her husband thing, that was pretty fucking dope. <laughs> I'm did. sorry, man. I was like, this That's is good. I was glued to the TV. Like, this is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you know, so. Um,
0: I, I love the fact when when Juan when Archuleta came out with his son at his open workout. Mm. And he's doing stuff with his son there. I love the fact when Josh Barnett is at his open workout, he's doing pro wrestling. That's awesome. You know Come on, it's yeah. fun. You got to have fun with life yeah. and that's what those guys are doing and and that's what you know, that's what this is all about. It's about having fun. You brought
1: up uh, Juan and his son and I was thinking the same thing. DC had his son introduce him. I think. Oh, yeah, I love that. That was fucking awesome. Uh, I he was all nervous. Was he was like, shit. But, yeah, "But that was great, man." I love what yeah. like what Max does with his son and the dancing. Max, and the, Max with Mini Blessed yeah. is
0: just beautiful. I
1: think he, I think he's the one that led the way for bringing their kids more to the forefront. You know, you hear like people interviewed Nate about him and his his uh, his new child, his new kid, and he's just like, "No, I don't bring my kid to the fight. I'm not bringing my kid up in the cage. I'm not. He's like, I'm not into that." But and everyone to each their own. But I'm saying, like yeah. with Max though, Max brings, you know, Max brought his son out, and I think it's just opened up. I think everyone else to like, hey, you know what, my kids are part of my life. My kids are part. I want them to see my journey, and I think it's. I think it's been uh, amazing to see the progression of, I think what Max kind of opened the door to these other guys doing now. It's pretty cool.
0: That's pretty great. Cool. Hey, question: What do you think about the eighty million dollars that Connor is going to make for this fight, though? That we just talked about. Whoa, whoa. eighty million dollars he's getting paid. Shut up. Is That's he, what he said. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> come on is he do you think he is do you think he no. is no no but i know he's making more than what uh certain people put out there well here's the thing
1: how much is monster paying him they're gonna probably have to step up to pay him more than what he would normally get if he was just the champion let's be real or he's gonna say fuck you i'm not gonna wear your shit is he question yeah he's not the champion oh you're right no but he but <laughs> You're right. You're right. So then he would only make what? I don't even know what those guys, like, as far as, you know, the monster stuff goes. But, like, uh, he's, they're going to have to pay him pretty well.
0: You can put all of his sponsors together. He's not going to make $80 million on this fight.
1: You don't think so?
0: Okay. Well, like, give me give me. Let's, give me, ta- give let's me an take idea. a look at it. Okay. Well, no, just take a look at it and say, all right, you can go off of what the average, you know, pay-per-view points deal was mm-hmm. for people and... I know Connor's in a completely different realm than that. And but even if think about this, if he was getting fifty percent of that pay per view, you know, take mm-hmm. and they did three million buys. Okay, which they're not gonna do. Mm-mm. Okay, they're not gonna get three million buys. Do they break a million? million?
1: Do they break a million?
0: I honestly think that they do break a million. I think he'll be right at somewhere in the million to million point two.
1: Does he get five dollars a buy? Do you think?
0: Oh, he gets more. than He that.
1: gets more than that. Okay. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me
0: if you know. But if, you to- but think about it. it. Even if if he got what I think it's what's now it's up to sixty five bucks. Yeah, ninety five. Sixty
1: five. They just upped it. Yeah.
0: Okay, so sixty five bucks. So let's say that he got the thirty. 30 he gets thirty two dollars. We'll say he gets half at 3 million. That's not going to make 80 million.
1: <laughs> Do you think maybe he could have negotiated a deal with ESPN for was a, a flat fee? Oh,
0: I Gu- think he guaranteeing he
1: them a certain amount of fights maybe
0: for the year or two. Yeah. How's he going to how is he going to negotiate outside with the the people that have a deal with the promotion that he works for? Yeah, that's true.
1: I guess cuz ESPN's paying
0: the bill. I mean, right. well, yeah, they're paying the bill, but all they got to say is uh, we have a deal with UFC. them.
1: Yeah. yeah. I can't I can't think of how. I mean, unless there's something to do with. He his. Yeah, proper whiskey on the mat as well. Does he get yeah, money? Yeah, maybe, I don't know. But, but, no, he'd have to pay to put, like, put proper no. whiskey on. I know. know maybe he got it for free, but they're not going to
0: pay. I him. know I, I know he's going to make a lot more than what they came out and said. Because I think they came out saying he's going to make $5 million. He's going to make more than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know? Back a long time ago, I got in trouble. (laughs) In fact, I closed down a podcast uh, because of Dana saying, Hey, you know, what are you doing? I heard you had a pretty good following too on
1: that podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I had a pretty good following on that (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Uh, But it was, you know, I I made the statement uh, that, you know, at the time, long ago, when the Fertitas first bought the UFC. You know, I had a conversation with Lorenzo when we were at the Market at Serena which is in the the Trump Taj Mahal. And this is before the the first fight that they ever put on was which was UFC 30 and it was Tito Ortiz against Evan Tanner was the main event and you know, Lorenzo, you know, was sitting there talking to me, and he told me that you know, I want I want to be the first promoter to pay an MMA fighter more, you know, a million dollars. And I kind of told him I said, well, it's already been done, just so you know. You know, and that was in Pride, and Hickson was the guy that mm-hmm. actually made over that. And I said, but you know, that I think that's fantastic, right? And and then years later, Lorenzo and I are in the back in uh, the MGM Grand, and he, we're he's he's talking to me, and you know, he, he said, you know, you remember when we had that conversation? I talked about paying a fighter. I said, absolutely, I remember. And he says, he goes, he said. I'm guaranteeing a guy over ten million dollars and I'm having a hard time signing him, and that was Connor. You know, so if Connor was making that ten million back then, (laughs) trust me, he's making he's making at least that now. So, but you know, Dana can get mad at me for putting that out there, but everyone knows he's gonna make good money. Is he gonna make eighty million? He's not gonna make eighty. You think in the you think forty or fifty? No. It's not gonna be you know, look if he makes twenty, congratulations. God bless you. I love it. You know, the fact that you are able to elevate yourself to that status and making that kind of money for a fight. You know, I'm not, I'm not the guy that, you know, sits there and boo-hoos for any promotion no. that has to pay a fighter. I don't. But there comes a point where I say, yeah, that's fair. And yeah. if you're making $20 million for a fight against Cowboy Cerrone, that's fair. That is fair. That is fair. I, I'm all for it. Like, if... if- if they were to
1: say that he was making twenty million to fight Khabib again, I'd say eh, it's fair, but I'd like to see it, yep. I'd like to see be a little bit more because That'd you're be taking the two two of the best guys in the world, and we're getting to see the two of the best guys in the world fight. And I think it's fair that like that they should be getting paid in the upper echelon of, of fighters. Now, I think when I when I also take into consideration is why are we not seeing the paydays that boxing is seeing? That's what I want to know. Can you answer no, that? Oh, you
0: are. Yeah, come on, hold on. See, this is where people get it wrong. You know, I I, I was... I was, you know, an official within boxing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all I kept hearing all the time was boxing. Boxers make way more money. Bullshit. Only a couple. <laughs> yes. Only a couple boxers. And they have less shows make, every
1: year, by the way.
0: Yeah. All right. The Floyd Mayweathers, the Manny Pacquiao's, they made huge money. Mm-hmm. But... Even, you know, you go into the heavyweights, you know, Tyson made his money at a, at a certain time. But, you know, take a look at the money that he was making for fights. Comparatively, Connor's making that kind of money. Yeah. Okay. And so, yes, you have a couple of boxers. But overall, boxers don't make as much as MMA fighters. No. I'm just telling you straight out. The average boxer makes less mm-hmm. than the the guy that's fighting in the UFC or the guy that's contracted to Bellator, boxers making far less. Yep. Only when you reach that championship level, and you are the guy that accelerates like the Pacquiao or the or the Mayweather, no, you you know you're not making more.
1: I want to remind so. I want to remind people that outside of Mayweather, like a lot of the other guys that are making that kind of money, they come from another country, and so when they come from another country, they have a whole country that's backing the that buys the pay per views or the they basically. Comes to the gates, whatever it is. Like you see, Connor. He comes. Fucking all of
0: Dublin's in fucking MGM Grand, you know, or the Teal well, Arena. The, and that's that's part of what you got to think about is this. And, and I'm not sure when t- tickets went on sale, but I know 246 sold out fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's this show coming up, yeah. and I think the gates going to be somewhere around the 10 million because they can take the UFC takes and makes their price. Point for each ticket you know in different markets at different levels based upon who's fighting and they know that they can bump those tickets up for connor they know his a lot of his countrymen will still come and support that fight and want to be at that fight and they'll pay that you know extended ticket price because it's more yep but that's part of promoting and that's what they can do and you know that's how Connor does get that more money, and that's why he deserves the more money. Yep. He's bringing those kind of numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you got, if you guys have never been to like a Manny Pacquiao fight, it's fucking insane with how many Filipino people are there. It's the
0: Philippines. It's the Philippines. It's basically <laughs> the whole fucking
1: island is in the T-Mobile Arena or the MGM or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, it's amazing, and like you know, and I, I would I even use guys like Michael Bisbing and Dan Hardy and those guys every time they would fight GSP, like when he fought at what it was Rogers Arena? Is it? Rogers Arena?
0: No, nah, you go to Bell the Bell Center in Montreal, okay. man. So, man, he would sell that thing out in a day. 50, Boom, 50, was it 54000 there? Oh, no, you're talking about that's the Rogers that's Arena Rogers, that was in Toronto.
1: Okay, he fought there, yeah. and I believe he sold fought it out. Fought there,
0: 55000 yeah.
1: yeah. Was that against Kostchek?
0: That, that was against... Uh... <laughs> I'm going brain dead. I'm looking at his face right now. <laughs> ah! I can't believe I can't say it. Uh, no, it wasn't against. It was He it wasn't fought Cost in Canada, though I believe. Uh, yeah, he did fight Cost. He fought him at the Bell Center. Gosh. but he fought. Uh, who's part of the scrap pack? Oh, Nick uh, Nick Diaz. No. Jake oh, Jake Shields. Jake Shields. <laughs> Jake Shields got oh, okay. it. I kept on wanting to say J. I don't know why. Jake Shields was who he fought in got uh, uh, Toronto. Got it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He sold that. Sold- that's seventy-five years. See what it's doing <laughs> to my memory now. Damn.
1: Yeah, you used to be sharp as a whip, buddy.
0: Yeah, it used man, to be. Man.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, then he sold that arena out as well. But my point was is that normally when they when they can stake claim from somebody from another country, the fans come out. Especially when it's a new market they haven't been to yet or they're trying to build up into, like Khabib right now, I'm telling you right now, they're going to have to build a fucking arena big enough for him to have a show there, like in Russia. (laughs) There's there's just not going to be a fucking arena there big enough for him. You know what I mean? like It's insane to think what the numbers he did with Conor, what, 2.4 million views. Uh, buys or whatever for their pay per view, and everyone was hemming and hot about the pay per view market it was dead at that time, which I was one of them by the way, and uh, <laughs> and it's. Are you saying you were wrong? No, I was. I was very wrong. Was very, I was. I uh, honestly didn't think they'd break one six. I, I thought they do. I thought they do one and a half. I thought they would do one and a half. I didn't think they'd do one six. I even this is this is one of the conversations that Brendan Schaub and I had, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I'm thinking like you know they'll beat the second Nate and Connor, which is I think one six seven or something like that or one six yeah. eight. They fucking blew it out of the water.
0: Yeah. I, I I actually I said they would do over two. Wow. I didn't think they'd do two four. Wow. I thought I thought they'll, they'll do about two and and look that's huge numbers, <laughs> but that was again that's what Connor kind of brings because they had enough to go on with all of the instigating and stuff that he did and uh, and i at the time i thought he crossed the line yeah you know in a lot of what he did but that brought people's interest in that fight out and that's why so many people bought it
1: yeah yeah it's good i mean like look you can you can hate him or love him but the one thing he knows how to do is he knows how to sell a fight you know, hell yes, he does. The same thing with the same that can be said for Mayweather. I think outside of Mayweather's, I can't think of another like top American fighter. I mean, you have Mike Tyson, but a top American fighter to, to do, to make the money that he has made. People, oh. and all people want to do is see him get knocked the fuck out. That's all huh? they care about. They, they only want to see him lose. They
0: pay, they buy tickets to hopefully see him lose. That's crazy. That, 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 was, that was the blueprint that Muhammad Ali yeah? created. Yeah. Hey. I don't care if you want me to win. I don't care if you want me to lose. I just care that you buy it and you watch. If you want to see me lose, good. I'll prove you wrong. But Ali was likable, though.
1: (laughs) Mayweather's not likable at all. (laughs) Ali was likable, you know, like in a fun kind of loving way. You've seen him on TV, like talking with, like, hyping up kids and getting them all amped up and, like, talking with Howard Cosell. All these, like, just different, like, Different people from young kids to older people, just the way he carried himself. He was likable. I can see why people didn't like him also, his antics when it came to it, but I could also see like people liked him because of who he was outside of the, the ring as well. Mayweather yep. doesn't have any of that. None of it. <laughs> and I and, and I think he gives zero shits about it also. I but absolutely gives zero shit. It is what it is, man. When you're as good as he is at boxing, you just
0: you don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, supposedly so. he's gonna fight again. He's gonna fight for Dana. So we'll see. I guess we'll see, man. I I, I, I don't think it. I I agree with what you're
1: being. You're, you're, you had said something about it potentially being like a, what he did in Japan. What was it called? Exhibition. Exhibition. An exhibition yeah. See. Yep. I'm not even 75 years old. And I can't use my brain. Like, see. <laughs> memory loss. <laughs> um. There was something else I wanted to talk about. Talk to me, baby. Come on. Kevin Lee and uh, Charles Oliveira was announced. Was it Charles Oliveira? Yeah. Or was it uh, Brazilia? Yeah. No, it's Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. That should be a really good fight.
0: That is a good fight. I honestly think Kevin Lee, uh, if he fights just adequately smart, yeah, is too physically strong, too physically gifted for Oliveira in that fight. Just the submissions, man. Yeah, that is that is, you know, the those Bronx. He's got he's got game, man, yeah. and he can pull submissions out from a lot of positions. He's done some great things, but he's you know this is where I say if Kevin at least fights halfway smart. If Kevin uses his ability, his he's got great wrestling. He's very hard to take down. He can maintain. Fighting in a stand-up position, all he wants, and just start systematically breaking him down. That's Kevin Lee's fight. Yeah,
1: I, I, uh, I think Kevin Lee's. It depends on if this is a five-round fight or not. I haven't heard that yet. Oh, yeah, it's a main event. It's a main event. A so
0: main event. So it's got to
1: be. So my personal opinion is that Oliveira will still be there in rounds three, four, and five. And Kevin's got to win those first three. Because in rounds four and five, Olivera is still going to be there. If he is still there, the submission threat becomes more prominent. The guillotines. Kevin Lee tends to not just slow down, but he tends to make mistakes that could cost him the fight. It leaves his neck out, and that's what scares me. Oliver's not a really big, muscular guy, you know? So, like, the fact no. but he gets on that neck, he, and his, his legs obviously seem like they're pretty damn strong, so he gets anywhere around that neck, and he, 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 if he jumps to the neck, or he crawls up on you, jumps to guard, or he gets to the, the guillotine, and wakes his way to the back, whatever it is, he's very crafty when it comes to his submissions, and when Kevin gets tired, he has, like, almost like a little bit of a shutdown switch of, like, He makes a bonehead mistake, and he just kind of like wilts in, and just doesn't do a lot. And that not doing a lot, no movement, none of that stuff, makes it easier for someone like Oliveira to
0: set up the submissions. Yeah, you know, it's it's a good matchup. I still think that, you know, Kevin, Kevin's got talent. Oh man, he's he's you know still young. He's fast. He's explosive. He's got big power when you know he hits people. If he fights smart, he can fight with anybody. You know, It's when he loses his mind and just starts freelancing, gets himself into trouble.
1: Well, he's now up at TriStar, right? Yep. And so yep. the fact that he's there makes me feel like, and we saw with this last That's a fight, good thing. he came in with a good game plan. When he lost his coach, Robert Fallis, he just seemed lost, had no, he was no lost. guidance, No, he had no <laughs> direction of where he was going i think him being up there with faraz is a good thing he's got a good camp he's around good people that know how to you know carry themselves and conduct themselves like champions and some of them are champions and so it just made it it makes it easier for them you know or have been champions i should say um it makes it i think easier to just jump on board and say this is the way we do things it's been proven to work just follow our lead don't do anything stupid Okay, and we can just guide. No, we can just guide you in what you need to do. And there's never been. I don't think anyone's ever questioned his athleticism and his talent. I don't. I I, no. I did a whole I did a whole Punk's opinion one time on him, and it, the views on it was was pretty intense. They uh, did really did really well because I said like something was wrong with him after one of his uh, fights where he lost, and that he needed to find he needed to find a mentor, need to find someone to guide him and and give him c- constructive criticism. In a way that he can absorb it. And like I yep. said, he just wasn't the same guy after Robert Followed the Robert Follows the past. And uh, and I we saw the fight with Gillespie. I think it was good for him to get that win, that type of win, especially. Confidence is through the roof. And it just lets him know that whatever he's learning at that camp with Faraz and those guys up there at TriStar, it means that it's working. You know? When anytime you get a win, it just builds your confidence. It makes you feel like, look, I'm at a new camp. And things like this now are working, and it makes it easier for just to keep doing what you're doing. Okay, I yeah. believe in you. I believe in what you're teaching me. I believe on what what you're saying, and and the sky's the limit for me as long as I keep doing what you're what you're coaching me to do. So I'm good. I'm happy
0: for him, man. I'm really happy for him. Um so my. He's a great great kid. Yeah. Hey, what about it? I I love the fact that uh, Rory McDonald signed with the PFL. Yep. Ray Cooper wins the welterweight and he he comes out and says i want my first matchup in the next tournament i want rory mcdonald i went "Ooh, i like that way to go cooper i like cooper man ray's a bad man dude he's got heavy hands his uh his dad was a bad dude and he's a bad dude it's so funny that his son is
1: winning the pfl tournament And I was supposed to fight his dad a couple times in in Rumble in the Rock, which tells you how old you are. I'm super (laughs) old, man. It's so frustrating. I see it, and you say,
0: and you say, I'm 75,
1: man. I have a brain of a 75 year old, not your brain, even worse than your brain. So, um, no, it's funny that I, it's funny. I was supposed to fight his dad a couple of times over in Hawaii and rumble on the rock. I want to say the rumble rock. And then I want to say something else. Maybe even super brawl. That's how fucking old I am. Super, super brawl. brawl. Super brawl. Man. Anyways. Um, yeah. TJ Thompson. Yes. Shout out to TJ. Yes, buddy. I just, Good man. I just saw him in Hawaii. Good kid, man. Yeah. Good guy. Good kid. Good guy. <laughs> Good kid. Um, what else? Was there something else? What else do we
0: have? I think it's pretty, you know, this 246 coming up, that's going to be a, got a lot. I thought I'd like to. Well, I question, have you watched Maurice Green? He's fighting Alexi Olenczyk.
1: No, I haven't seen
0: him. It's one of those. Maurice Green, he reminds me of, uh, uh, I don't want to say it because I'll get in trouble. He's six foot seven, Mm -hmm. tall as hell. So it's kind of like check is, you know, fought Travis Brown. I, I did that fight, and I'm kind of thinking it's probably gonna end up the same way. But Alexi's been having problems getting hit. He keeps on uh taking some damage. But that dude is strong as an ox. That dude's got a squeeze, man. I'm like, holy Jesus, don't let that guy get a hold of you.
1: Oh. Uh, like uh Russian? Yeah. Uh where from where?
0: Where is he from? Yeah, yeah somewhere. Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Hello?
1: Like Dagestan or like in the – No, I no. He's, he's, he, is,
0: he is from – he's actually from Russia okay. near Moscow. I'm trying but to he's he's got – I think I want to say 11 Ezekiel choke wins. He's the guy that will let you mount him and he will choke you out.
1: <laughs> That's the best. That, it's crazy when guys can do that with their arms. Like I feel like I have long
0: arms. but Oh, he's got it down. But I can't, I can't do it. Dude, he has got, I'm telling you, 11 Ezekiel wow. choke wins and some guys mounted on him and he's, all of a sudden that guy's yeah, tapping man. out. I'm trying. He's to... just, he's got that locked down.
1: What? there were, I felt, like I'm sorry, I'm looking at my phone because there was a list of things that I texted you that we were supposed to cover today. So I'm waiting, I, was, I can't wait for producer Dave to do his job, so I'll do it for him. Man, he Bro, just doesn't do it, does he? anything list? else? There's nothing else on your <laughs> list? No, there is, there is. I can see it from here. Pettis is suing USADA. Oh. Oh, I text you that one. Yeah, you, you it's free- not even on your list. That's on my list. That's no, on my list here. <laughs> it's on the list here. Bro, I can't keep I can't do everything for you, okay? Get your brain together, man. I Can't, know, he, can't I don't even put, understand what he's saying. If put, you, put, you guys can understand what he's, what he's saying, let me tell you what he's saying. I can't do everything for you guys at home, Okay, I'm saying I'm That's what that's what he sounds like. All right, so what you look at you laughing. What is your take on Pettis suing Usada? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about Since we're talking USANA. Jessica, Jessica Penny Jessica Penny Thank you Penne. That's what I wanted to talk Jessica about Jessica Penny And 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 uh, Pettis Suing USADA. Yeah. Let's talk that real quick Let me know what you think about Jessica Penny to me is on Is on more of Because Pettis is just suing him Because he got stitches on his finger For closing the bottle Okay I, it, Look, whatever It is what it is I, just, I look at it, I look at it like you should have been a little bit more careful, you know, that kind of thing. Whatever it was. But he said it was like a broken bottle, I guess. Apparently it chipped or something. Yeah, it and, had a chip
0: and it, and it cut, cut his cut finger. finger.
1: And it ended up fighting with stitches or glue or something like that. And so glue. I don't know how much it affected or whatever. But bottom line is Jessica Penny, though, basically being forced into retirement because of the suspension. But I wanted to ask you this. If she leaves the UFC or they cut her or release her, can she still fight in other or other organizations? Yes, Absolutely. But does the commission still kind of follow what USADA? No. No.
0: No. Interesting. Yeah, we, this is the UFC as a promotion, as a business, decided that, hey, we're going to bring USADA into our promotion to do testing of our athletes for performance enhancing drugs. Mm-hmm. The. This is where p- people get lost on this stuff, and, and I'll try to break it down for you to a point. And the problem is this: for so many years, guys were able to cheat the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they could uh, do certain things. They could actually microdose. They could do a lot of different things that where it wouldn't it wouldn't show up. But as time has gone on, testing for all of these substances has gotten better and better and better to the point where now they're able to test and they're able to find what we call picograms, as everyone knows because of John Jones. Mm-hmm. And to understand, you know, there's there's things called nanograms, there's picograms, and we're talking, you know, a thousand difference, you know, between the nanogram and the picogram. It takes a thousand of the picograms to make one nanogram or something to that, that effect. Yeah. But the whole point is this their testing is so good as far as what it can find now that it's finding things that are in people's systems that are so minute that that would have no bearing on them having any advantage in any type of athletic endeavor but they're getting caught with this in their system and usada is saying oh you're suspended and now you have a two-year suspension based upon you took something it was in your system and it could have been from you know them truly trying to cheat or it could have been from them taking some type of supplement that has you know stuff in it because that does happen all the time even though it sounds like bullshit it does happen And usually it's those supplements that you start to get this picogram because there's just a little bit in there and that's what the athlete will take. And then they'll get caught with these picograms and all of a sudden they're losing their career off of something that would never have helped their career. Mm -hmm. So this is, every athletic commission does things different. And when they, the athletic commissions test, some athletic commissions go off of WADA, which is the World Anti-Doping Association. That is what the uh, regulations and bylaws for the Nevada State Athletic Commission are done off of WADA. They will use sometimes USADA as far as what USADA collects as, okay, USADA is collecting a sample from the athletes for UFC 246, so we'll use that sample instead of us collecting a second sample We'll just use the sample that USADA collects and go with their findings. Mm -hmm. That's, they can do that and they can go off based upon the standards of WADA with whatever USADA comes up with. I know that kind of gets a little bit twisted for some people, but like California used to go off of USADA's and then said, no, we're not allowing you to do discipline. We'll do the discipline. Whatever you do, you do, and we'll do our own. Mm -hmm. New York has got the ability to look and say, you know, theirs is not black and white as far as, oh, the athlete tests positive. You know, I can tell you there's athletes that have tested positive in states. I'm not going to name the states because I don't want to get anyone into any kind of, you know, situation. But where the executive director has looked at what the athlete has tested positive for and they've looked at the numbers that USADA has come up with and they go, no, I am not going to suspend that fighter for that because that will not do anything for them. That is no doubt based off of a supplement and this is ridiculous. I'm not going to affect this fighter's career. That's the right way to look at it. You know, you've got black and white doesn't work. It's, it's how you work within the black and white. It's all that gray in between that establishes, do you have common sense? And the problem that I see with USADA and the UFC, and it's not the UFC's problem. Well, it is the UFC's problem. It's not their fault is they went and allowed USADA to come in. And this is when, you know, you know, uh, things like IVs were taken away from fighters. Mm-hmm when they were doing the weight cuts because IVs can mask things and so everything was done off of the way USADA did thing for all these did things for all these other sports they did them for the olympics and every olympic sport you can think of and they just shoved MMA in there when it's a different it's a different mentality it's a different system the weight loss is different than what they they were used to so there has to be this and Jeff Nowitzki has worked on, hey, let's create a new standard of what we're going to say we're going to do as far as suspending someone in their career when what they've been you know, tested for and what has come up is not something that is going to benefit that fighter in any fashion as far as recuperation, as far as strength, as far as anything that's going to help them. In that fight, let's be at least cognizant of there are testing methods now that are so good that they can catch almost anything, even, you know, that's tainted. You ate a steak and you ate it at a Mexican restaurant and it came from a cow that was given something that that'll pop in your system. You didn't do anything wrong. You just went out and had a steak dinner, you know, carne asada at at your local Mexican restaurant. And now you're being suspended for two years of your career. That can't happen. That is not fair. We have seen guys like Josh Barnett. Josh Barnett got caught early in his career taking, you know, performance-enhancing drugs, got caught by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. His last, you know, he didn't get to fight here in December, but his last fight has now been, you know, almost three years.
1: Yeah, I think it's been over And a that's because
0: now. that was on a case where he was proven innocent yeah. of not Doing something wrong, and you cannot take away someone's career in that fashion. That is not fair either. You, I hope I made sense. No,
1: you you did, you did. I've just noticed though that, like, normally, like, so Jessica Pennead came out and said, and John Jones, and I'm not a big advocate of John Jones when it comes to this type of stuff, but it does make sense what you're saying, and I've heard this a couple times on Rogan's as well. Is what I f- see is that they get tested the week of. But then they get tested the day of after the day of weigh-ins or the day after weigh-ins yeah. and what happens Yeah, weigh-ins
0: is the stupidest thing ever.
1: So they basically pull from the fat cells. That, like yeah. when you're cutting weight, you're depleted and you're doing you're doing your drug test. So you're getting it down to where you're basically pulling it from just the fattiest parts of your whatever left of the fattiest tissue of your body is is that it's the minute part that's left in there. And you're so depleted that they're pulling it from that. And then that's what's popping. That's what's making you pop.
0: Yeah, what happens is the the athlete is is dehydrating Mm -hmm. to make weight. MMA fighters are they're losing weight to make the specific weight. Some of them obviously a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. And their body is just dehydrating. Well, they're not peeing then because they can't. So they get tested after they weigh in for They weigh in, then they're given liquids, and they're tested when they can pee after that weigh-in. So sometimes it is, you know, two hours after the weigh-in, they can pee. Sometimes it's four hours after the weigh-in, they can pee. That sample, when they put all the fluids in their system, their system takes and is just, you know, craving that fluid, and all of a sudden the fat cells fill up, and what comes out is things that are remnants of things in the past. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things that happen, and, and that's where your problem lies. There should be a specific period of time that you say, "Hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna uh, test someone in this specific period of time." past the weigh-in. No. You can do it the day of the fight. That's great. Yeah. Do it the day of the fight. No problem. You know but they're trying to get it for the weigh-in, so they're they're trying to catch people because they don't want them fighting. You know uh saying oh you know you, you, that's how dan you know cormier lost his fight you know didn't lose his fight but lost the fight his second rematch against john jones was john got caught off of that second that test right after wayans It's it, it just there has to be a better system
1: yeah you know? there has to be common sense you have yes you ha- there does that that's the only thing that i can see and now you have someone like jessica penne who hasn't fought for a long time and um, she was plagued with an injury, I think, the night of the fight. She rolled her ankle warming up or something along those lines. She couldn't fight. Then she turned around, and then the next time got basically the day of weigh they, they found picograms in her system. Yep. I, the, the argument, though, is this, is how can we make adjustments? How can you justify making adjustments, moving the whole fight card from Vegas to L.A.? For John Jones, but then now suspending her for four years—that that's my that's my look. Whether she's a big name or not, or big in the Uh, women's the woman's world, she's a pretty big name. But you're not you're not doing headline. You're not headlining a card. The bottom line is you you got you got to use common sense, and you got to have it an equal playing field. You can't have standards for one person here and another person here. You got to try at least make them look close, at least (laughs) a little
0: bit. well, this is it's when you're talking about standards. Here's the difference: you're talking about the fight that John Jones went, yeah, uh, and fought. And I think it was against. Was against that fight against Gustafson? Was that the second fight? No. Fight against was Gustafson? Anthony. Was it Gus? I think it was Anthony Smith. No, no, no it wasn't, uh, Anthony, wasn't Smith. Anthony Smith. I know it wasn't Anthony Smith. I
1: don't. It was either I Gustafson.
0: Remember. I'm thinking it was Gustafson. But what happened? You know, this is where I said, look. Athletic commissions are all different and you'll get some that will look at something and, and they'll say, Hey, I'm going to look at that. And that fight was switched from Nevada to California. It took place at LA in the forum. And that was based upon the executive director in California, Andy Foster, looking and saying, no, everything that you're, you're, you're getting from him is what was in the past. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the number, that's picograms, and look at how, what that level is, this is again, you're taking something that has happened based upon a test, and now he's getting popped for the same thing that he got popped before. It's even less than he got popped for before, and so that's a remnant of the past. Mm -hmm. Common sense. But, you know, what, but do I do? with Jessica Penney, why are they not taking that same type of? Well, again, you're not. You're talking about a difference between the athletic commission and USADA, USADA as the entity, because the UFC uses USADA as a. I, I'm trying to remember. Kung Lee was was the guy that ended up uh, creating the situation that the UFC said we need USADA. Why tell okay, me I, tell me what happened there. Kung Lee got popped, and I'm trying to remember what fight it was that, you know, he got popped for, but what did he, he get popped uh, for? Good question. I can't even remember. I, mm-hmm. I can go back and look it up and, and find out. But the UFC tried to say that, you know, he was you know, he got caught on the test because he got tested and it was in a foreign country. They tested him. It was the UFC testing him. You know, Mark Ratner was the uh Director of Regulatory Affairs. So when the UFC went out of country, they would try to be, you know, self-enforcing like an athletic commission when it came to drug testing. And so they actually had their own people doing drug tests. And then Kung's came back positive and he complained about it. And they tried to, you know, put him off and, and say, well, we've got to suspend you for this. And they got in trouble for it because... They are now being the the person that's the promoter, and they they can suspend people, and it just backfired on them, and it just became a problem. And so they said, "Hey, we can't have it to where we're the ones yeah. instituting this discipline. We need to have an outside agency that is separate, and and we have no part of it. If they're going to suspend someone, they're suspending them. We don't we don't really have a say in it." And that's why they did the entire USADA thing. They, they they didn't do it. You know, they did it to try to clean up their yeah. their promotion and the athletes that were fighting within it. Um, and they did it to try to separate themselves from having this interaction where now they were in a position where someone could complain about them that they were being suspended by the promotion. And then the person could come up with all kinds of reasons why the promotion needed to suspend him. It was other than than for testing positive for something. So that's where they needed that separation, and that's what they kind of got with Usada. But Usada was not prepared truly to to test for the sport of MMA and be reasonable mm-hmm. for what people were doing. You know, based upon weight cuts and things like that.
1: So wh- where do you think she goes
0: from here? You know, if she, I really look and I, I would hope, and I don't know, I would hope that the UFC looks at it and goes, Look, we we can't have you fight because you know, Usada, you know, has uh come up with this. There's a four year suspension based upon a second positive, but we're gonna release you. I hope so. Because if 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 they release her. You know, and she's not one of their top fighters. Yeah. She's a good, she's, she's a great good. fighter. She's fun to watch. Yeah, she's good. Uh, but she's not, she's not one of those ones that, you know, they're losing a whole lot. I would hope that they say, hey, we're going to release you. She can go anywhere. She can go try to find a new home. She could go to, you know, any promotion out there is going to probably love to have her, be it Invicta, Bellator, One, you know, any yeah. of them. And she can continue on with her career. She can continue to fight. Make money. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, they. I just noticed... She had posted something about, basically, Jeff Nowitzki and um, Donna had reached out to her and said, like, you know, you may want to try to get a lawyer. The last take is get a lawyer and try to fight them. And I just... Yeah, well, I, she, doesn't have, she doesn't have the money for she, a lawyer. She not only... Did, so she started a GoFundMe page. I mean, But here's the bottom line, is I posted... I, I sent her a message and just simply just said, like, hey, the, the, the USADA is no different than, like, the... the they are different, but in terms of – they remind me a little bit of the people on the board at the California State Athletic Commission. <laughs> they <laughs> they, have, they have no desire to listen to anything you have to say. They've already walked in with a predetermined outcome, and they'll continue just to pat themselves on the back to make themselves look good. And that just bothers me to no end, and you're going to spend $40,000 on – already losing case as soon as you walk in and they they have they've already made the decision because if they change their decision it makes them look bad it makes them look untrustworthy especially in a doping uh, situation it makes them look untrustworthy like they don't know what the fuck they're doing so there's no way there's no way they're changing this and let's not forget Yoel Romero was able to prove that his supplements were tainted and they still made him finish his suspension Josh Barnett same shit
0: so it's like... Same thing. When you're talking... They're... And Jess- Jessica, actually, they found in her supplements exactly what she yeah. tested positive for. And so my point... It's crazy. Yeah. So the point is, basically,
1: they're not going to change. Do not, do not spend... I said, do not plead with you. Do not spend $40,000 of anyone's money, even if it's not yours, to fight okay. these guys. Th- these they will not change it leave it alone There, this is them and move on i i hope i wish her the very best you know um it would be nice to have her in bellator but i just i'd like to see her fight anywhere so she can make yeah. money so she can make money yeah. but anyways all right well hey that kind of wraps us up tonight i think we went for about three hours and yeah, uh it
0: wasn't three hours. Well, again, I, I, I am preparing you for the joe rogan experience of talking forever hey, hey as long as i get ready
1: hey i i i'm excited i i'm extremely excited you've done the show before you liked it huh you told me it was a, oh, you said it had a blast
0: yeah he's you know joe joe is so good to have a conversation with because he, he's smart and he talks about everything the the biggest thing is you'll start talking about one thing and then all of a sudden he'll pop into something else and then you'll kind of talk about that and it pops into something it's like we didn't finish the first yeah one, yeah. yeah it's all good
1: yeah, I'm excited, man. I haven't really had a chance to, Joe and I, we, uh, like in the early UFC days, we kind of, you know, talked to each other quite a bit. And then when I was with Strikeforce, I never really talked to him. I came back to the UFC, kind of touched base a little bit again. And then I left and I hadn't really talked to him at all. And then, uh, you know, I'd done Brennan's show a couple of times and... You know, and then I kind of reached out to him a couple times and hit him up about doing the, the podcast. And it was kind of like, oh, you know, we got to get you booked. It's going to take a long time. You know, we're booked months out, which I can believe, you know. Um, but then just one day I had posted something about, um, you know, somebody getting caught looking at Misha Tate's ass, you know. And I said, look at the facial expression. It looks like Joe <laughs> Rogan trying not to get caught again. And so he sent me a message and said, hey, you know what? Uh, yo, hey, we got we to film, man. We got to get together. Let's do it. You, you want to try and get this date? And I was like, hey. I thought he'd never ask. So this is going to be good, man. I'm excited. And I, of course, want to chat with him a little bit, too, about the fight companion and stuff that we just talked about. And then moving forward, we're going to talk about the Cowboy and Connor fight because it'll be over by then. And I'm excited, man. This should be good. I think this is going to be some good time. We'll talk about Chris Cyborg and her fight next week with Julia Budd. Yeah, so, there you go. You know, we'll, we'll uh, see. If,
0: if there's one thing I love about Joe, he is a fight. Fan, and yep. it doesn't matter what organization it is, mm-hmm. he cares about. I want to see good fights, be it in Glory, kickboxing, mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is. He just loves fights, and he's super super smart about him. Very educated, and he's a uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. Well, so hi- him fun, and fun to be around. him
1: and Brendan are one of the biggest reasons why Ben Askren was able to get to the UFC. You know, they were big supporters of Ben at the time, you know, and they were pushing, you know, hey, why is this guy not in the UFC? And it and uh, little, you know, they brought him over later, but at least they were able to get him there, you know. And like I said, that was my complaint a little bit with the Brennan thing was when you have that platform, you can do something positive like they did for Ben, for Ben Askren. You got to be careful what you say, you know, and not so much careful. Just, you know, understand that there's other people out there. You know, in that situation. Anyways, I'm like, I'm fucking one to talk. Jesus, man. I'm the worst. Put my fucking (laughs) foot in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, the whole time Dave's looking at me like, you fucking idiot. You're putting your foot in your mouth (laughs) right now as you speak. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for uh, tuning in. Hopefully the show wasn't too long. You got exhausted listening to to us talk. Maybe we'll try to break it up into clips. Like one clip this one. Never mind. Who knows? We'll just let it all go. Look, bottom line is hit the subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio. All the platforms just hit subscribe also on YouTube hit the thumbs up share our videos please anything you guys like we also put out a uh, short little clip uh, clip videos about what the ways we thought that Connor was gonna beat Cowboy and the ways that we thought Cowboy was gonna beat Connor check those videos out those are pretty dope um we I'm the, pat myself on the back kind of like the California Athletic <laughs> Commission and USA. okay and give <laughs> myself a pat and here we go <laughs> Bottom line is we had some really good content that came out, also the Khabib videos out also um, and Tony videos. We did short clips of those as well, breaking down how we think both those guys could potentially win in their upcoming fights as well. So check those videos out. And We were looking to do some more stuff coming up. John and I are p- brainstorming his 75-year-old brain and my CTE brain. I think we're going to be right on track to having good stuff coming up. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Big John, what's your uh, handle?
0: Handle John McCarthy MMA at Twitter and at Instagram.
1: Follow us at so, at Wayne InShow on yes. Instagram and then we're working on a Twitter right now, I believe
0: yeah we don't have a
1: twitter no we don't it's like we had one what, what the hell is dave doing i know we had one before but like dave doesn't he doesn't he doesn't know what twitter is because he's a millennial so he doesn't really <laughs> they was kind of around before him kind of thing so um but yes we we are going to get that twitter going because i think between ig youtube and twitter i think that's a great marketing strategy we'll get it going anyways you can also follow me at at the real punk on ig uh and twitter and that's it man we have a great show. Today was a good show. I enjoyed this. I feel like I hadn't talked to I it forever. We haven't done that's why you know it's a good show is you miss talking. I them. actually do sometimes. I actually do. I actually do. <laughs> well, guess guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It's scotch o'clock. I'm gonna head home and get me some scotch. You're gonna have some whiskey and we're gonna have some fun. Enjoy your right, brother, evening. It we'll easy. talk to you guys soon. Bye guys.